Okay, hang on. Is it is it just me or are is everybody else not able to hear T? Seem to be having some technical difficulties here. Test, test. Yeah, now we can hear you. Can you guys hear me? Now we can hear you. Okay, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Hold on. Okay, I think. Nope, I still can't hear uh, you. I'm, probably because I wasn't speaking. Can you hear me now? Oh yeah, I can hear you now. Cool, cool. Oh, How's my volume? Okay. Oh, you're fine. Okay, not clipping or anything, right? Cool, cool. You sound low to me for some reason, but I don't know if it's because of my settings or yours. Can people in the chat or just um, can someone in the chat just let me know if he sounds low to you or if we sound the same level? Do we sound like the same volume? So someone in the chat. Actually, I'll just pull Karthik up. Maybe he could tell me. Hey, um, Karthik, how's it going? How um. Do Q and I sound? Do we sound the same volume? Cart, wait, is Kartik unmuted? Uh, I think he has on. Yeah, he's still he's still on mute, bro. Yeah, Kartik, you have to unmute. We're off to, we're off to a great start. <laughs> I mean, I can hear you. It's just a little bit. Um... Actually, there's one thing I can try. Hold on. Okay, can you speak a little more? Uh, yeah, sure. <clears throat> uh, She-Hulk is the <clears throat> She-Hulk is like the uh, the apotheosis of uh, Marvel cinematic movie making storytelling in general. Wow. Okay. You know what? I did solve the problem with the volume, so that's good. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I can't I can't really disagree much. What it's did you, uh, what did you what did you do to your system over there? What do you mean? Do you, do do I sound weird? Oh no no no! I was saying, what what did you do to your system that it uh, like it was uh, going all weird at the very beginning? Oh, what was happening in the very beginning? Yeah. Oh, okay. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. We're good. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, oh no. Oh no. Because okay, I'll tell you what was happening. I was on YouTube streaming. I was trying something different. I was trying to do a quick um, talk up of what we were gonna do and mention Colin, and then you know tell people to come over to. Uh, call in after I finished uh, the stream there so that they can okay. share share their thoughts. So I thought, you know, I was sadder than I was, and I can just do a quick uh, setup change, you know, kind of like the podcaster's version of wardrobe change. You know, I thought I could just, um, you know, reconfigure and change my whole streaming setup from the YouTube right to the um, call in seamlessly. And um, it didn't quite go smooth, smoothly as I thought. So if there was some kind of weird sound in the beginning, like I thought I was muted mostly in the beginning, but if there was kind of weird sound, it was probably some um, miswiring from that. But we're all set up now. Okay. Uh, well, I yeah, I was, uh, I was treated to a cinematic masterpiece today, watching that final episode. I, uh... Masterpiece or a masterclass? Because I feel like it was very instructive, too. It wasn't just, you know, entertainment. It was uh, education. It was a bit of both. No, it was educational. Yeah, it was, it, edu edutainment, that's what it was. No, I, I, uh, I realized I don't know how a story works. Um, the, the, the concept of storytelling has been completely redefined for me. And um, I have 
I have Jessica Gao to thank for that. Um, so thank you, Jessica Gao. I, I thought I thought I knew um, how story, how structure works, how connecting with an audience works. Um, I I I cannot believe that I even deserve to pay. What do I pay? Thirteen ninety nine a month for Disney Plus. So yeah, thank you, Jessica Gao. Thank you, Disney, for reeducating me. Oh my goodness, that was great. That was a fantastic episode. Just like probably the best series finale since probably man, I don't know, Dexter. You know what's interesting? Um, it was worse. It was it was worse than Lost and Dexter, and I thought She Hulk's finale couldn't disappoint me because the show was so bad. Like Lost and Dexter, those were disappointing because those shows at one point were quality. So to see how far it fell. It was like okay, the contrast is so stark that um you know relatively speaking it's intense disappointment you know because i i thought i was watching great shows and both shows but i said she hulk no matter how bad this thing is it can't be disappointing because it's been bad the whole time but somehow this finale was so comparatively worse than the first eight episodes despite how bad those episodes were it actually was strangely almost disappointing as um, Lost with Dexter. Like, it was, they somehow managed to do as stark or starker a quality drop as those shows, even though She-Hulk already started at yeah, the bottom. Started like, yeah, it's like, okay, She-Hulk started at, like, a level two. So there's no way it could match, like, the seven or eight point drop of Lost or, um, you know, Dexter. But they're like, Surprise! We're at negative ten now. Like, oh shit! I didn't even know it was a negative scale. I thought it was it was zero at the bottom. But no, no, you, we are we plunge sub zero. I I gotta say, okay. So, if uh, anybody's not familiar with the show, I will uh, make a brief synopsis. So, Jennifer uh, has this uh, this this uh, dream sequence where the beginning of the, the beginning of the show starts with sort of a riff on the incredible like the nineteen seventies Incredible Hulk show. Right, so talks about Jennifer Walters being a uh, you know a, a, a high-powered attorney who, uh, in, in an accident involving her cousin Bruce Banner, uh, she uh, she inherited the powers of the Hulk, um, and that she's like you know uh, uh, on the one hand a mild-mannered lawyer, and well, I didn't even say mild-mannered; they, didn't have, they don't have the humility for that. But uh, you know, a professional lawyer, uh, but when she loses her temper, look out. And so it was basically just like a. It was it was just a like a callback to the Incredible Hulk TV series. Uh, then she wakes up in the same prison that uh, Emil Blonsky was incarcerated in, and uh, then she's uh, sprung out by her uh, lawyer team at uh, was it ELK and H, and so she is uh, released on bail, um, and she uh, takes a bargain that sorry she's not released on bail she's released on a, on a bargain that she wears an inhibitor and is not allowed to. Um, become She-Hulk anymore, uh, much as like Emil Blonsky did. So her parents come and pick her up from the prison. And wait, wait, wait. Home. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to make a suggestion. Um, um, somebody leaked the whole um, script. Oh, man, that's right. So if you want, how about I read it, uh, since it's already like you know, written out, and then you can jump in 
with your thoughts. And uh, Chris, as a caller, you're free to jump in uh, as well. How are you doing, Chris? And actually, if you just want to share some thoughts real quick before we even um, go there, feel feel free. Um, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> besides it was it was terrible, and it made me, I don't know, it, the fact that, I, I, I know, like, you're going to give a synopsis of it, so maybe I'll wait until after you get the synopsis. Okay, so you know what? I'll start the synopsis, and I'll leave it open to either of you guys to uh, jump in when you feel when you feel free. Let, let me just pull, let me just pull it up real quick. Just pull up um, and you know it's funny when I saw this leak, I didn't do a stream on it. I didn't tweet about it or anything because I was like, okay, you almost think we're stupid. I I, I thought that maybe some um, fans of the show, whatever, were making a deliberately bad leak to kind of bait, you know, like a false flag to kind of bait the um, haters into covering the leak and then, you know, bait them to covering a totally, obviously bad, bad leak. And then they can, they can laugh at them for, um, you know, falling for it. And the um, name of the account was such a, parody-ish name like it was called mcu slayer and i was like okay you're not getting me you called mcu slayer like this is such yeah, a, yeah. a parody of a anti um it's like, it's like it would be made up by the writer's room yeah yeah ex ex exactly except you know it was made up by the writer's room except earnestly <laughs> you know it was uh a hundred percent a hundred percent serious it was like no this word the word that ass uh it, anyway let me um get let me get um I'm on the page now, so let me find the where where is it? I know it's close oh no, did he, did he, did he take it down? Tell me he didn't take it down. Oh. Damn it, hold on. It was only it was it was only yesterday. It felt so long ago. Oh, let's see. Have you noticed that like this is uh, uh this is like indicative of, of what happens when your brain is poisoned by the internet. It it feels like like every day feels like they all run together, and yet so like yesterday can feel like a year ago, and like six months ago feels like this morning. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Is that just me or okay. um, no, 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 for sure. Okay, I I, I found it. I found it. Um, let's 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 get the damage going. Um, she Hulk season finale full detail plot, and this is a hundred percent accurate. Um. The episode opens with an homage to the opening titles of the 1977 series, The Incredible Hulk. This includes scene-by-scene -scene recreations, as well as some of original footage and voiceover. Jennifer delivers, don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry here. There's someone in practical makeup, assuming a male bodybuilder. I think it was actually a female, personally, but I don't know. Like the original 70s show, playing her Hulk form. Then they just play a new title, The Savage She-Hulk, over a split screen of Jennifer slash Practical She-Hulk. The opening title abruptly ends as Jennifer wakes up startled in damage control, as if the opening was a, dr a dream in a room much like the one Abomination was in. And before I go forward, I'm curious to hear what you guys think of the homage to um, The Incredible Hulk. TV show. I was a little bit split on it, and I'll explain why. But I want to hear you guys' thoughts first. Me, I, I don't know. I, I thought it was, I thought it was all right. It reminded me of something that was like better. 
So yeah, I agree. It was definitely better than the regular show. Uh, even if it was by accident, even uh, like just by not trying to be themselves, they were automatically better. <laughs> you know, it, it reminds me of when yeah. uh, George from in, in an episode of Seinfeld uh, decided the best thing he can do in life is to just do the opposite of whatever he would normally do, and you know, he was, and he was automatically like doing better in life. And I feel like by just virtue of not being themselves, it had no choice but to be um, better. The only thing I didn't like about it, this only thing, I thought it, I thought it looked and felt and whatever was much better than, um, you know, the usual show. But the one thing that bothered me was I got the sense they were trying to low-key kind of make fun of the original show because there's a scene where she goes, you know, don't make me angry, you wouldn't like me, and then her and Bruce are acting very hammy, you know, and these weird pauses and it's like they're kind of making fun of the seventies and the acting style. And I was like, was the acting bad back then? Like it was kind of soap opery the way they were acting. Um, and you know, kind of like they were like semi lovingly spoofing it and whatever. So I went to YouTube and looked at, um, a clip of the original show. I'm like, let me see how it looked to see if it was, um, and I forgot how good that opening was, but the acting was good, and the acting was better than the regular She-Hulk acting. So I'm like, why are you guys making fun of a show better than yours? You guys should yeah. be reverent. Like, 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 um, you have no place. Like, this show has such an unearned sense of smug superiority that drives me nuts. Even though this was the best part of the show, I had to give him credit for that, that, that homage. I did not like the little tongue in cheek um, mocking of the original show when uh, I mean, they weren't even accurately mocking it. Like they were inventing a problem that the original show didn't even have. Like the delivery was much better than what uh, they were pretending it was. That's all I have to say. I didn't realize they were mocking it. I just, I was just like, I just saw, I was like, oh, this reminds me of the other thing. This is better. Yeah, it's very, it's, it's very subtle. It's very subtle, but it's, it's, it's there, particularly in the, yeah, particularly in the part where, you know, she goes, you wouldn't like me if I'm, if I'm angry, and and they do like some awkward pauses and soap opera ish type of clumsy acting, and I'm like, okay, the acting was not like that. I, I, I double checked just in case. Maybe I was looking at it with nostalgic rose-colored glasses, and I was like, "Okay, no, it's not. It's not like that. Why did you reinterpret it that way? That's, that's weird." Um, okay, so um, do you have anything to say about that before I move forward, Q? As far as no, the go ahead. okay, cool. Go ahead. Okay, cool. Um, he wakes up in a room much like the one Abomination was in as Mallory, Nikki, and Pug enter to visit her. She asks for Bruce, and Pug says he's been trying to get a hold of him. Jennifer talks about prosecuting the people who attacked her because of all the witnesses, but Mallory tells her all the witnesses saw was an out-of-control Hulk. Um, first thing is that this makes sense to me, because the, the whole idea was that the intelligentsia kind of destroyed her by this leak, even though it was the most tame leak ever. It was her dry-humping with her clothes on and a copy of her uh, utility bill. So I was like, oh, my God. She Hulk pays for utilities. Like, oh my god, how's she, how she going to survive this? Yeah. You know, and it, it, like this, like these people are so incapable. They're so fragile and thin-skinned, and so incapable of any self-criticism 
that because she's a self-insert, they can't even have anything really scathing happen to her on the phone. So it's like they're to treat her with kid gloves, even what's supposed to be the most devastating moment of her life. But it's like, okay, if the whole idea was that they humiliated and destroyed her, you know, life or anything and, and everything to the point that she had to do that, then how can in the very next episode say, they say, uh, nobody witnessed the other stuff. All they saw was you getting mad. That, that literally makes no sense. We got all these reaction shots well, I, they didn't, of them. I mean, she didn't exactly say that. She, she said, well, that's not what the audience saw, or that's not what they saw. What they saw was, you know, you, you raging out of control. I, I think I thought what she was saying was that, like, that's not the impression that people were left with. The impression they were left with was that they were in the same room as the Rampaging Hulk. Okay, but they they literally saw there was a voice changer, a screen of two people with these weird masks on, and then all this talk about she hooks a slut and we hate her, we're going to destroy her, and then all this embarrassing stuff on the screen. So it's kind of like, even if you don't forgive her, I don't understand acting like all they saw was that. Like, 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 they, like they kind of made it seem like, um, I don't know, I, I guess maybe she's saying that they saw it, but... The ramp, the rampage you were doing was so much worse. But okay, what did she really do? She punched. She punched the monitor. Yeah. She punched the monitor, yeah. and then there was this weird amount of disproportionate damage that happened from that punch, where suddenly uh, lights go off, a ceiling breaks, um, the whole thing starts collapsing. They have to evacuate. But I mean, that's just a. I don't. Uh, I don't know. I'm, okay. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that. Yeah, that, that was the question I was gonna have. Is. She's in prison because she punched the monitor. Like, did she? I don't remember. Like, did she beat up anybody, or did she just no and destroyed property? Yeah, she just destroyed some property. She get a citation or something. Like, she didn't do any bodily <laughs> harm to anybody. Yeah. Like, so like, that's, means, the yeah. so that's one yeah. of my main problems with the show is that you know you guys are going like like way deeper into this, but I'm like at the surface level, I'm just like. You know, she did hardly any damage, and she's in this, like, special prison cell now. You know, earlier in the first episode, you know, Titania, for some reason, breaks through the wall and bashes, you know, and, and then, like, starts fighting. And then she tries to murder a bunch of the jury. And then yeah. in the next episode, they say she was fleeing traffic court. And I'm like, like, that doesn't even make sense on a surface level as to why you would do that. They were saying she was fleeing traffic court, which I don't know why that makes you want to murder um, an unrelated <laughs> jury. But on top of that, they said that all charges were thrown out from attempted murder and deliberate um, property damage at a court and fighting bailiffs like officers of course she wasn't fighting civilians officers of court all that all the charges are thrown out because her lawyer pleaded uh low blood sugar which as far as i know is not a, not a defense to, to any, a legal defense to anything so it's like okay she punches <laughs> she punches monitors <laughs> and uh, in response to clear provocation um and it ruins her life but um Katini can do all that. But supposedly, we're told that everyone loves She-Hulk. So She-Hulk supposedly had so much more goodwill going into this. Even though that wasn't explained either. No one understood, No one explained why everyone loved her uh, so much. I mean, she saved the jury. I guess they loved her for that. But uh, it's just really weird that somebody that they loved got no uh, goodwill. They were automatically instantly ready to believe the worst of her and strip her of her whole life for punching yeah, two monitors. But yeah. Yeah, this, this whole show feels like, like it's sloppy stuff like that. Like, that it just, this whole feels like show feels like it's written by like either children or or just someone who's like the first time ever gonna write a story, 
and they just don't have the, you know, the experience to go and say, okay, wait, let me think through this. Does this logically follow? It's just, oh, this happens, that happens, that happens, you know? It's it's like, it, it, it's just like there's so many holes at so many levels. It's like, it really is unbelievable. Like, what they put on the screen. But yeah, Tish, but let's, uh, let's go through the synopsis just to make sure that we know what we're, what we're discussing here. But the audience is like clear what we're discussing. Okay, sorry. I disappeared for a second. My app crashed. I don't know why. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, you were saying physics is written by children or what? No, I was yeah, we just... should. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, I was going to say that we should um, move through the synopsis before we uh, come back and analyze. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. All right, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep keep going. Um, yeah, let me just plow through the synopsis because there's something wrong every sentence with the show, so we can we can stay doing this forever. Yeah. Okay, um, Okay. so um, Mallory says they offer Jen a plea deal. They will drop the charges related to the incident, but she has to wear a device to prevent her from turning into a She-Hulk. Jen somberly exits DODC and her parents pick her up. Next, we get a bit of montage of what's happening to Jen now that she's out. We see that she has lost her job and is cleaning out her desk at work with Nikki. Nikki admits she's going to continue working with Mallory at the firm because they pay her well. Don't worry about me, guys, Jen says. We'll always have your back, Jen, Pug says. Next, we jump to Jen at home, flipping through news channels, talking about her She-Hulk incident and her plea deal. Peering out her window, her apartment is surrounded by reporters asking for comment. Next, Jen is eating dinner with the parents, and they offer to let her move back in with them if she can't find a new job. Next, we'll see another jump as Jen is walking through her empty apartment, and she can't find work. She walks out. Then she's trying to enter her parents' house, but the reporters followed her and are accosting her there. Her dad sprays in with the hose as he's watering the lawn. Jen is carrying a box of her stuff into her childhood room, as she says. I'm going to start skipping around stuff. Uh, we see a legally blonde... An Eric Brockovich poster, um, some other stuff. Next at night, Nikki is chatting with Jen's mom about food and seeing baby pictures while she and Jen stand in front of a board showing they're investigating who the cult king is who did this to her. Intelligentsia platform is owned by several international shell companies and the security is airtight. Nikki is discussing finding and quote-unquote destroying them while mom gives her food and cookies to take home, as well as a video from Jen in college twerking in her dorm with her friends. Um, so Nikki takes the picture of Jennifer twerking in college and posts it on Intelligentsia to kind of, um, you know, ingratiate herself to them, like, oh, look at this slutty uh, video of her twerking. And... You know, Intelligentsia, of course, blindly accepts her and, you know, invites her because she's typing negative stuff to kind of win the favor of the people on the, on the website. And um, she gets a DM from the Hulk King inviting her to an anti-She-Hulk event. She tells Pug uh, that she wants to call in her favor from him. And they go to do a sting on the Intelligentsia anti-She-Hulk get-together. Meanwhile, Jennifer... Um, is reading Emil the Abomination's book in her room and then decides to um, go visit Emil in person to get take a mental health break. So she heads to uh, Emil's compound. Um, Nikki and Pug arrive at the place where there's going to be the anti-She-Hulk event. And 
Nikki Hanko when she's a woman, so she sends Pug in, you know, the man, uh, to go in undercover and take part in the misogynistic conversations and, you know, do his thing and get information. Um, so Pug is reluctant, but he gets his head in the game. He enters the event as Nikki stays on the phone with him, you know, feeding him uh, lines and coaching. Um, but the reception sucks. Guys are saying essentially what trolls say online. Why does there need to be a She-Hulk when there's a He-Hulk? And Lady Thor, okay, she sucks. Um, he tries to blend in and join the misogynistic conversations. And Todd comes in from the previous episodes, and uh, he recognizes Pug and says, oh, you're one of us. And then he um, admits that he's the Hulk King, and he's created Intelligentsia, and he's behind the whole the whole plot. Um, then um, She-Hulk arrives at the... Emil's compound and is looking for a meal. The abomination. Uh, Todd then introduces a special guest speaker. It's a meal in his abomination form. Uh, this is taking two. Di- this is two different places. Um, Jennifer is at Emil's house, and um, Emil the abomination has shown up at the anti-She Hulk event run by the male trolls um, to you know be a special speaker. Now. Um, Emil is is in the speech is in the place giving a motivational speech to the anti She Hulk people. Meanwhile, Jennifer is in Emil's um, house and she's sent to you know Emil's lodge. Um, the person in Emil's house said, "Oh, Emil's in the back at you know his lodge. You can find him there." When Jennifer goes to the lodge, and this is supposed to be a big surprise reveal, it turns out that. The place where the intelligentsia, the anti-She-Hulk group, are having their event, and the abomination has shown up to do to give the um, speech, is also um, on Abomination's compound. Um, and so Jen, so at this point, all the storylines converge. Um, Jen enters the lodge and stumbles on the anti-She-Hulk meeting, as well as Emil in his abomination form. So. Um, Jen enters the lodge and sees the intelligentsia event. Um, she goes to Emil. Emil goes Jennifer. Emil changes back into his human form. She asks what Todd is doing here and questions Emil turning to the abomination against his parole. He says it's just to do speaking engagement for private events. Quote, unquote, nothing bad. She's upset at him. Nikki breaks in the door. Jen turns to her and Pug. What are you doing here? Nikki says... They all need to get out of here, as Puck tells Jen that Todd is Hulk King. Jen confronts him in front of the crowd as Todd admits to hiring Josh's seducer, make the sex tape, tap her phone, and get some of her blood. His team also synthesizes her blood so he can get her powers. He takes off his jacket saying he didn't get handed superpowers, that he earned them, as one of his minions hands him a syringe of green stuff. He injects himself, and Jen asks you know, to the audience, this is not going to work, right? And turns to us in disbelief and and says, asks, we're not actually doing this, are we? Todd turns into a green Hulk and says, um, come at me, bro. This can't possibly be, be, be where the season was going, Jen says to the audience. Todd completes his trans- transformation, and Titania breaks through the wall. Surprise, losers. Come on, Titania, too? This isn't messy enough, Jen says to the screen. But it seems she's no longer talking to us, but pleading with the writers slash producers. Todd goes to attack Jen as Abomination picks her up and saves her. The guys at the event start 
attacking Emile to get to her as Bruce the Hulk drops in from the ceiling as Jen cries, Bruce, let go of my cousin, asshole, Bruce says to Emile. Emile tells him it's not what you think, and Hulk starts to fight him in a misunderstanding. Titania throws someone. What's even happening here? Jen asks annoyed. Uh, Bruce and the Abomination battle. Turning to the screen, she asks, this is a mess. None of these storylines make any sense. Is this working for you, she asks us. Then we hear a power down sound. The scene suddenly cuts to the Disney app menu screen. We're on the Marvel tab. Hey, what do you think no, you're no, doing? Hold, hold, sorry, I'm, okay. I am going to stop you. I, I, I okay. do have to stop you there. To mm-hmm. like, I just I just want to take a, a quick temperature check. Like, that actually does happen. When I was reading the synopsis, I was like, "Oh, come on! That can't that, that can't actually be what happens." But yeah, it did. Like, they literally did cut to the uh, they they cut to the the uh, the Disney Plus screen, and Jen jumps out of the menu. Yeah, that was the exact point where I was like, okay, you got me. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, you had me yeah. going for a bit, but okay, g- good job. N- nice nice troll. And I was actually like uh, shaking my head in disappointment at the people who were biting the bait and making um, YouTube streams about this. And I didn't make a YouTube stream. I didn't comment on it because I'm like, I don't want to be caught my pants down believing such an obvious troll job. And uh, no, this all was, was actually 100% real. It really was. Uh, it really was this. Um, this um, she punches out the She-Hulk icon from behind, looks around at what's behind her. She finds a Marvel Assembled episode um, thumbnail, uh, a couple rows below the She-Hulk thumbnail. And... Um, she swings down and kicks it. She lands on her feet in a studio uh, lot in a She-Hulk form wearing her costume. She looks around and crosses the Disney studio looking for someone. She finds She-Hulk's production office and sneaks in. We cut to the writers in the writers' room talking about making the entire second season an extended dream sequence. She-Hulk enters and everyone falls silent. What the hell, you guys? What kind of stupid finale is this? Uh, they respond, we thought it would be really cool and kind of unexpected, kind of a twist. Jen criticizes the whole idea as being from every other superhero story ever. There are certain things that are supposed to happen in a superhero story, a writer says to her. Jen is pissed but leans in. Why don't we just do things our own way? Then the writer responds, this is a story that Kevin wants, they say. Okay, then I want to talk to Kevin. They all laugh at once. No one talks to Kevin. They talk about how they die for Kevin and she calls them creepy. She leaves and goes to um, she leaves and goes to talk to Kevin. She enters Kevin's office and they ask her to sign an NDA. They press the panic button and security comes, but she uh, beats them up like pretty brutally, <laughs> like probably harder than she's beating up anyone else on the show, including actual villains. Uh, so, um, she breaks into Kevin's secure area to the music of Big Energy by Lato. She enters a circular room full of monitors playing various Marvel projects at once, Thor Ragnarok, Doctor Strange 2, Age of Ultron, etc. Whoa, what is this, she says. A red and white robot drops from the ceiling. They zoom in and is labeled K-E-V-I-N. Hello, Jennifer, it says in a robotic voice. Kevin, she asks. It stands for Knowledge Enhanced Visual Interconnectiv- Interconnectivity Nexus. It's... 
Were you expecting a man? She finds out it's the one making all the decisions, a giant AI robot. And it says it will answer her questions, but first she needs to change back to Jennifer. Why? Because you are very expensive. He asked her to wait till the camera pans away because the VFX team has moved on to another project and they can't afford to animate the physical transformation. So the camera pans away and she changes back to Jen. And when the camera comes back, she's Jennifer. The AI talks about how well it does with the films and series. And she says it's not happy with what is happening in the story. You did not get to choose. It says uh, the AI responds. Well, why not? It's my show. She levels with him and asks to give her a closing argument. Oh, I see what you did there, the AI responds. It's a lawyer joke, haha. She makes the argument that the MCU is known for big spectacles and high-stakes plot lines, but it's often said that Marvel films all end the same way. Wait, who is saying that, the AI asks. She criticizes them throwing all, all this plot in Flash and a, quote, blood thing that oddly resembles a super soldier serum at the audience in the climax. She says, I, pr I propose we don't have to do that. It distracts from the story, which is my life apart. R right as I was learning to be both Jen and She-Hulk. Those are my stakes. Kevin processes the data and asks what she proposes for ending instead. So Jen goes, can we not do Todd get Hulk's powers? The powers aren't the villain. He is. Kevin erases the blood plot. And Bruce swooping down from literal outer space to save the day in my story? Uh-uh. Kevin says Bruce is supposed to return to explain what he was doing in space. Jen says no. Kevin proceeds, but we were going to introduce, and then Jen says, save it for the movie. It asks about abominations. She says, after all that, I just want him to hold himself accountable. She has it changed from night to day, and the robot asks, are we done here? And she goes, oh, I would not mind seeing Daredevil again. A woman has needs. It admits they've been light on uh, his... on you know, sex in, in general, the MCU. And Jen sits down. She goes, oh, and while I've got you here, and Kevin goes, oh, you're sitting? Uh, and then she continues, what's with all the daddy issues? And she goes on about every character has daddy issues. Um, and she lists like three or four examples, which I think is kind of cherry-picked, because whatever. Um Jen, please stop, the robot says. And then she continues, oh, and when are we getting the X-Men? And she thumbs up to us. Kevin says, I cannot tell you that. Then she goes, okay, back to the She-Hulk. I do have some ideas for the direction of season two. The robot says she will not have access to it again as they've fixed the error in the platform. And she goes, that's it? You obliterated a thrilling ending Kevin created, the robot says. She comments, that's what Hulks do, smash things buildings, endings, and and she adds, sometimes Matt Murdock, as she looks at us. Uh, Kevin tells her to get back to the show now. Sorry, I, I just, I just, I need to interrupt to say Yeah. Yeah, that that is not a lie too. She actually did fucking say that. Yeah, yeah, she she, she did say it. That, that was the second, that was actually the part of which when I read the, the synopsis on that Twitter account, I was like, okay, listen, like I, you already lost me, like you don't have to, you don't have to keep going. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're overdoing the, overdoing the troll. Yeah, and then um, and then it says Kevin tells her to get back to the show, but Kevin throws in, "See you on the big screen," meaning the movies. J Jen says, "Really?" And then Kevin says, "Uh, no." Then she asks, "What's the most budget-friendly way to transform back into the She-Hulk?" We cut back, and sorry, guys, um, we're almost done. Uh, believe it or not. 
this is not a three-hour show, uh, <laughs> but it feels like this all happens within the span of like twenty-eight minutes. Yeah, but somehow, I mean, it moves at such a breakneck pace. It, it, it's it's amazing how much happens with nothing happening. It's it's very weird. Yeah. But um, we cut back to Emil's property. That's another reason I didn't believe this. I'm like, this show has to be four hours uh, with all this stuff. There can't be a half-hour finale. But no, they somehow <laughs> man. It just feels like four hours. Um, we cut back to Emil's property, but now it's daytime. Everyone is outside, and the police are already there. She-Hulk, uh, Todd is no longer a Hulk. Uh, She-Hulk comes out from around the corner to confront Todd, who's being arrested. So basically, the police save the day. She doesn't do anything. Uh, Titania films the encounter for social media saying, OMG, guys, we are about to witness a murder. Todd cowers and tells She-Hulk to just do it and just kill him. She transforms back to Jen and says, I'll see you in court, babe. The cops take him away. Suddenly, Daredevil drops in out of thin air. And I mean, like, literally, like, they're in the middle of a field, and he drops from the sky. He's just like, yeah, yeah. He just, he, he, yeah. The, yeah, there's no way he could have swung. And, 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 lands, and lands in the MCU pose. You know, like, one knee down, one fist to the ground. Yeah. Yeah, and his leg should be broken, because he, he comes up from really high. And then this would be bad if it was meant to be, like, blazing sandals, like, surreal or whatever. But even though it's comedic, it's kind of supposed to be, like, I don't know what it's, it's doing, but anyway, let, let's, let's um, finish because we're almost at the end. Uh, Daredevil comes in out of thin air. Jen, I'm here to help. She tells him he missed everything. Oh, man. They flirt, and she says she's happy to see him. She tells him to wait a second, and she walks off. Titania um, tries to flirt with him. Jen goes to Emil to explain to him that if he signs the confession document, he'll go back to prison for 10 years for violating parole. He says, yes, that's fine. It's a punishment for his actions. Next, we see Jen driving home. Then Jen and their family gather together outside for dinner with Matt Murdock there, too. They're all laughing and having a good time with Jen's parents, parents then asking Matt about his law practice, how much money he makes, uh, his pro bono work, and, you know, um, if he can afford to raise kids because raising kids is expensive in L.A. Mind you, uh, they've only been dating for a week, which he says. He goes, Dad, he's staying here for a week. Um, the banter with her parents uh, remains cute and light as Jen um, sits next to Matt to rescue him from her salacious, horny aunt. Bruce walks into the party from around the corner in a Hawaiian shirt, saying hi to everyone. He stops everyone, explaining he's been away on Sakaar, the planet, for a while, so he'll tell everyone about it. But first, he has someone to introduce. This is my son, Scar. Scar is revealed to be standing behind Bruce. He's a full CGI Hulk as well, but with a really bad haircut. The family excitedly welcomes Scar as Daredevil just says to Jen, wow, your family. Um, and I think the Hulk looks noticeably older, I think. I think it's on purpose. So maybe time moves differently in space. Lastly, a reporter stops She-Hulk on camera while entering court, asking about her lawsuit against Todd and Intelligentsia. She talks about holding people that can be responsible for their action. The message is, if you attack, harm, or harass innocent people, I'm coming for you. Do you mean in the courtroom or as a superhero, the reporter asks. Both, she says. He asks her who she's wearing to court today, and she rolls her eyes. She walks into court, as he says to the camera, the difficult diva of law herself, and the credits roll. Then there's a mid credit scene. This is the final sentence. 
Emil is in uh, the prison he was in before, and then we see a portal open up, and Wong comes out of the portal to uh, tell Emil he's making good on his promise to give him sanctuary in Kamartage. And Emil says, it took you long enough. And Wong says he got sucked into another TV show and then uh, helps Emil uh, escape. And while they're escaping, Emil asks, what's the guest policy for Kamartage? And is there Wi-Fi? And return to credits, the end. Uh, sorry for how long that was, but... Um, yeah, there, there you go. I don't know if it's easy to follow without watching it. I don't know if anybody's still awake. I don't know how everyone's brain is going. I yeah. don't know how you guys feel, but yeah, that, that's it. I, I'm drained just reliving it. You know, I'll say um, when she, when like they paused the show and she jumped through the Disney Plus screen, you know, like that didn't, like I thought that that didn't bother me just the action of jumping through the screen, but breaking the fourth wall, jumping through the screen to go to the writers to then just change the series and then just take all the garbage that was leading up to and say, ah, we're going to change this. We're going to do that. I thought that was just completely awful. And it made me feel like, well, I wasted all this time watching these episodes of the show that in the end, you're just going to resolve it by saying, eh, I'm just going to talk to the writers and we're just going to change it because it sucks, you know? And I was like, I, I thought that was like really insulting to do to do that. Yeah, it's, it's very weird because it's like they made their own show invalid. Like they, they spent eight episodes building up to something. And in episode nine, they say, well, this is stupid. Uh, what we're building up to, but no one asked you to build up to it. Like, yeah, if you had a better show to write, just write it from the beginning, you know. But yeah, it, it it's like what ends up happening is it's kind of like okay, writing is actually hard, ending stories is hard, having a plot is hard. So can you give us a cheat code? And to me, one of the big problems with that is so much of the show was. Um, getting mad at men for accusing uh, women uh, employees and women, you know, girl bosses and women who, um, you know, compete with men for getting special breaks, for getting nepotism, for getting um, affirmative action or getting an easier way of things. But what did he do with a majority woman minority writer's room? They actually write into the plot explicitly um, yeah, we don't like having to do a plot or do whatever. Can you just, um, we don't like having to earn our endings. Can, can daddy just, um, do X, Y, and Z for us and bail us out of, you know, so basically, uh, Kevin, uh, take away this plot. Hey, Kevin, uh, put the happy ending here. Make the romance work. Uh, Hey, Kevin, um, um, have, have a meal give up. And like, so you're kind of proving the intelligence you're right. Like, um, you didn't want to earn it. You just, uh, wanted it handed to you. Yeah. I thought, I thought that if they had done that very early in the series and set the tone that way of like, Oh, we're going to be wacky and we're going to talk to the writer and change things as it's happening. 
it wouldn't have been that bad. But just to go this far without that and then just pull it out of your ass as like a deus ex machina to fix everything, yeah, I, I found it, it like it, it was insulting to me. Because cause, cause you, you know what it felt like? It felt like uh, self-handicapping. It felt like, um, uh, yeah, you know, I didn't um, I didn't study. It's a day to test. And uh, um, I didn't study till last night or, you know, I went out drinking. You know what I mean? Uh, so yeah. So it's like. By saying that, I have an excuse because I because I I announced up up front, hey, I didn't even study. If it um if it's bad, that's okay because I self handicapped. I announced before that uh, I partied all night. I didn't study, and however good it turns out, I, I get credit as well because I'm like, uh, oh my god, I got like a B minus a B, and I didn't even study. Can you imagine if I did study? You know, and they call it like self handicapping. This is like self handicapping, you know. It's like, hey, you can't uh, you can't yell at me for saying that it sucks because I, you know, admitted myself that you know this thing sucks. Not my fault, of course. It's because of Kevin and the white man in charge and and their notes and the Marvel system. Everything's everyone else's fault. Look what I was working against. Um, so if it sucks, hey, I've self handicapped. I gave my excuse, but to whatever extent it's good. You can give me credit because now you can say, hey, can you imagine if I was in charge of the whole thing and I didn't have these um, man babies and men and fans and and executives uh, holding me back? And it's like, can you imagine if instead of building a whole show to self-handicap and protect yourself from criticism and like the whole show is constructed to protect themselves from failing? Right, it's particularly so because because the reason the person does stuff like I'm gonna not study all semester um, and then cram at the end, or I'm gonna party the night before the test. Uh, the reason people suffer handicap is uh, self-esteem management. The fear in that case is if I actually study all year long, if I do everything I'm supposed to do and I give it a hundred percent, and I still fail, I might be stupid. I might actually not be as smart as I think I am. And the idea of being a fuck up or being um, someone who goofs off, but um, didn't give his all is less harmful to my self-esteem than the idea of I'd rather be lazy or a fuck up or a partier or a slacker than stupid and incompetent you know and um because at least with the lazy and slacker and whatever thing i can always hang on to the illusion of potential or you know if i tried harder i could have done it and that's what this writing feels feels like these people could have just instead of doing all this stupid commentary about how marvel movies are bad and having all this blame and self-handicapping built in they could have just said what if we just try to make the best show that we can make? Like, instead of having storylines all about trolls, what if you try to make a show so good, I, even like detract, even actually, detractors like it? I was actually going to get there, and I was just like, here's the thing. The 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 show itself was, I mean, we, we've talked about it being a self-insert before, right? But, like, we talked about, like, or we, we talked about um, how the, uh, the writers... Uh, generally on a week to week basis will sort of write themselves into Jennifer. And it's, 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 it shows because look who like in, in the Marvel TV series. Okay. Who, who are the antagonists of the, the Marvel TV series? So Hawkeye had um, Wilson Fisk, 
Kingpin. Um, Moon Knight had Ethan Hawke. Uh, I don't. I don't even remember his character's name. Um, the, uh, if let's see, one division had or Wanda had Agatha. You know, Daredevil also had Kingpin, uh, and, and Bullseye and the Hand. Jessica Jones had Kilgrave. Uh, Luke Cage had Cottonmouth, and um, uh, what was the, the other guy's name? Uh, Anyway, it was the Cottonmouth and then... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cottonmouth was the best Empire. one. Uh, the, the, the other guy... Oh, yeah. uh, Snake, Snake something? Something with a snake. Bushmaster? Yeah, Bushmaster. Oh, oh, Bushmaster, yeah, yeah. That's what it yeah, is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Oh, oh, no, no, so, no, 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 no. Bushmaster Bush season two. Uh, he's talking yeah, he about was, someone else. The guy in the green armor. The green and yellow armor. Yeah, um, the guy that was in Boardwalk Empire. I was going to say Sidewinder, but that's not his name. It was... Uh, uh, was it Copperhead? Anyway, uh, but you get the yeah. idea. Like, so they had, so they had like their their villains. But who is She Hulk's villain? The, the fucking internet trolls. You know what I mean? by the way, by the way, by the way, it's diamond. It's Diamondback. That that's a snake. I knew it was a snake name. Diamond, but yes, it's Diamond. Diamond that's right. Yeah, Diamondback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, so there, there was a uh, there were like. Uh, um, like a lot of references in She-Hulk to how like how how much harder women have it, but it's like okay, well you can judge a hero, or at least any writer knows that you you judge the hero by their villains. And so like you know, Spider-Man is Spider-Man's uh, greatest villains are people that know how to get inside his head, right? So like uh, you know, um, Norman Osborn and uh, Craven the Hunter, right? Superman's uh, greatest villain isn't a super being. His greatest villain is Lex Luthor. So, like, he- heroes are sort of defined by the villains that they have to overcome because there's something that the villain has that they have over the hero. Like, Batman's greatest villain is the Joker. Why? Because Batman is the representation of order and Joker is chaos. And as we know, like, entropy always wins. But who does, who does, you know, even like, like Jessica Jones, which as I as I've repeatedly said, is the only um, female superhero that the that Marvels ever put forward for their for their own TV series or movie. And what made Jessica Jones so good? Well, she was a fuck up that had to get over her past trauma and the man who inflicted it on her. Right. So, like, why why would you like carry on about how much harder that? women writers have it and how much harder women superheroes have it. And you didn't even have the good sense to give her a good villain to go up against. You gave her your villain, not a villain. Well, 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 she does have in the comics, a major villain, which is Titania, but they totally nerfed her. They they totally made her into uh, a joke because, um, because these are self inserts. Uh, This is one problem with the show, right? Is that uh, because these people are so narcissistic, they can't try to think, okay, who is this pre-existing character? Can we understand the character? Can we figure out? It would be like if um, you and I and uh, Chris and, you know, um, other people in the queue, they all gave us a chance to adapt Spider-Man. Uh, you know, uh, say everyone in the queue, Chris, Geo, Karthik, Snarf, Hirotsu, whatever. And each of us has to write an episode. And in my episode... 
like I don't spend any time reading a Spider-Man comic. I just make in my episode, Spider-Man acts like me. Then in your episode, he acts like you. Then in Chris's episode, he acts like Chris, and so yeah. forth. And that's what they did with the show. Um, I was reading uh, an interview with Jessica Gow, and she was describing the writing process. And she said all they did uh, every day in the writer's room was, uh, first I said that they left like at 5 o'clock on the dot every day because she believes in quality of life. That part, okay, it's fine, whatever. If you're getting good product, then, you know, so be it. But she said while they're in the writer's room, all they did was share, was have hen sessions where they shared cringe stories, then write them down to give to She-Hulk. So they just took all their cringe stories, mansplainers, ghosting, whatever. Yeah. And then each episode. So, and if you notice every episode, she has a different personality. Like the first two episodes, this good guy writes them very nasty and caustic and smug and uh, perfect. And then when the 20 something year old junior writers, um, take over, suddenly she's awkward and goofy and whatever. Episode 10, Jessica Gow takes back over, and now she's bossy again. You, you see, she's treating Kevin the way she treated Bruce in the first two episodes. Like, she's back to being bossy, bossy and smug and, and a know-it-all. But because each episode – I'm, I'm going to wrap this up real quick. Because each episode is written as a, a thinly-veiled insert, and these people are so thin-skinned and fragile, as you can see by their preoccupation with trolls. They made a nine-episode series – about dealing with trolls. That's the deepest problem they could think of. They can't let themselves have any moments of setback that can create a compelling struggle. Like, you know, uh, like how Jessica Jones had to like hit rock bottom and be an alcoholic and mess up a lot of things and kill Luke Cage's wife and have all that stuff to get over. Or uh, Rocky has to get his ass beaten. Uh, like, like, like they can have a Clubber Lang moment, you know, like like Rocky had, where he had to be beaten down and then have someone train him. Because first off, having someone else train them would hurt their ego. They they want to be uh, they're too good to be schooled by anybody. If you notice, no one helps Jen improve in anything. All they can do is be her her, her moral support and her and her rallying team. Uh, so to go back to Titania, Titania is supposed to be the villain, the big villain that she faces. But they can't have her lose a fight. They can't even have her struggle because she. this is not really real She-Hulk from the comics. It's them each time they write her. And they can't even stand even a fictionalized version of themselves uh, having a hard time at anything. You know, and that's why, like, even as writers, they have to write in a cheat code for themselves. You know, uh, wow, wow, writing is hard. Uh, Daddy Kevin, can you? But... They have, as this is the last thing to say, uh, they have what I call, a, well, not what I call, this is what the official psychological term for it is, it's called the hostile dependency. A hostile dependency is when um, a, a narcissistic person has to be dependent on somebody, and because they're a narcissist, being dependent on somebody um, causes narcissistic injury. It hurts their ego and their self-esteem. So they will, but because they're kind of narcissistic and fuck-ups, they actually need people. They can't do it on their own. So they will take your help, but resent you for it and actually like, punish you for it. Uh, that's called a hostile dependency. And these writers and She-Hulk herself have a hostile dependency. Like she's hostile dependent on Bruce. You know, Bruce is doing all this stuff for her and she's treating him like crap. Uh, Kevin Feige has given this non-writing woman more breaks than she deserves. And has rolled out the carpet and let a show run a billion dollar show. 
and she's doing um, finales bashing him. You know, like, uh, yeah. So I don't know. That that, that that's I, I could talk about it forever, but um, yeah, yeah. I just like to I just like to finish up here and just say yeah. a few last things. Um, one, when they went into the room with Kevin, the first thing I thought was they just put Glados up there from Portal. <laughs> like, yeah. like they didn't, they didn't even come up with their own AI design or, or, or put like you know like a hologram or something or anything, right? It was just like, oh, here's Glados coming from the ceiling. Okay, yep. with 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 Kevin Feige's signature cap. Yeah, 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 exactly. Also, also that ending is from Blazing Saddles uh, of you know um, complaining about the, the end of the script and and breaking the fourth wall, yeah. as well as from the John Byrne comics. Like, like there's not a single original thought anywhere. Yeah. Two, I thought. That that guy Puck, I guess maybe it's the actor the way they, but like that guy seems way too stupid to be working in a law firm. Well, well, like, one, I, one problem with him is the same problem with her where he changed where she changed the episode from episode. He changed episode from episode because there was one episode where he was suddenly written competent, and then um, you know he, he was then one one time he was a wigger during the sneaker episode. <laughs> And then Jessica Gao is the one that writes him dumb. Because Jessica Gao, she's the one who wrote him where in his first appearance, he, he comes in kind of groveling with a gift basket and telling her where the bathroom is. So he was back to being yeah. stupid again because she was uh, uh, writing again. I'm sorry. We're going. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've seen that actor in, like, other shows, and he kind of acts the same way, it seems like. I don't know. He just doesn't seem like a right fit for me. But lastly... Um, uh, it does seem that, like, I've seen a lot of people talking about the show, and everybody seems to be saying the same things that you guys are saying, like, all over the place. It's just that the writer, the characters are self-interest for the writers, this is a new low, blah, 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 you know? And it's just, it seems that it's it's so, the quality is so bad that people, unless you're just a shill or you've got just a brainstem you're working with, you can't like deny how crappy this is, and I wonder if this is going to be the change, as you say. And we hit every hit rock bottom. Uh, something I, I do notice is happening. Um, I can't say. And with that, I'll just, I'll just step down. Okay, no problem. Um, All right. We, we've been moving slowly because of the long um, synopsis we have to do. So going forward, we're going to um, move quicker. Sorry for everybody in the queue, but uh, one quick thing I'll say is I've been noticing. That to remain a shill, you almost have to get dumber to shill for this. So after this, after this episode came out, um, my hope was that a bunch of people would just be like, okay, I, even I can't shill for this. But instead, I've seen shills just get dumber and dumber. Like people are like, well, you know, um, you're not supposed to like it because it's not for you. So um I relate to it, so it's so it's fine. Like people aren't even trying to say it's even good anymore. They're just clapping like seals and saying that you're a you're a sexist or you're stealing stealing their joy by yeah. So I mean, I think whoever can still remain a shill after this is I think there'll be less shills, but the shills that are going to be left behind are going to be the worst of the worst. And I'll I'll just go to Geo. Yeah, that is what that is what I was gonna ask, right? Like the, this this language this language that that you see where like for every bad show, right? It's always this. It's not for you. It's a, it, it's about it's not. I, I like it because it was really really to me. 
etc. Like 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 it was Marvel, right? Like when the show was was doing was doing numbers, they were like, no, it's it's not. Well, it's not for you. It's for uh, like broad people. It's for black people. It's not. It's not for you. If if if, if, if you didn't like it, blah blah blah, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, et cetera. That, 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 that's, my, that's, my, that's my that's my question. Like, wh- why is it? Why is it always like? Why is the language always this? You know, it's not the show is not for you. It's it's whatever. Well, yeah. I have a thought about that, and it's something I have a problem with. With this, uh, a lot of. Uh, this kind of new woke, new woke writing in general is that there's the abandonment of the idea of the universal, um, where it's like because of this kind of shallow identity politics, this kind of um, um, narcissistic individualism that they kind of mask with the uh, you know title identity politics. Uh, but I think true identity politics is supposed to be communal. It's supposed to be at least about the universal, the group. But these people just want to talk about themselves. So. Um, to give it an, to give an example, like, uh, I feel like Star Wars, even though it's technically about like, um, a white family, I mean, it's like fathers and sons. Uh, I think Q, I think there's some kind of feedback going on right here in Echo, I think to your, you, you, you can hear, you can hear on my side. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. Oh, that was there's, very, there's okay. Like a, Sorry. Okay. Oh, no problem. Um, yeah. So it's like. Even though it's technically about white men, it wasn't white men problems. Like uh, a black family could understand, like you know, um, the sins of the father and and you know, fathers living in the shadows of sons, family dramas, you know, all this stuff. Whereas um, when they make these new Disney Plus shows, like you know, Kenobi or like you know, the sequel trilogy, it's like suddenly it's about girl power, and this is about people like the writer or people like, you know, this tribe. And if you don't get it, then um, that's, that's your problem. It's not, it's not for you, but George Lucas was doing the opposite. George Lucas is trying to be as universal as possible. He was sitting there with Joseph Campbell, who did the hero of a thousand faces. And the whole point of it is to be universal. Like the hero of a thousand faces, if people know what that is, it's something called the monomyth and this idea that, um, they took every myth from all around the world and they tried to find, the common elements of every myth, no matter the culture, Sumeria, Egypt, Africa, uh, East Africa, West Africa, Europe. And as I said, what's the most common universal commonalities in all the myths, the things like there's no people think that the monomyth is supposed to be the structure that every myth is supposed to have. But it's not quite that. What it is, is an average like every myth doesn't have every single step of you know the monument each time but the idea is that they averaged all the myths and try to figure out what comes up the most often in in every one even if it's if every element isn't in every story so that's as universal as you can get you know whereas um the way to do these new star wars things is how intersectional can 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 you make it can it uh you know this character even though it's in space millions of years ago uh she should represent like uh a black um, queer disabled woman of of today, and it should represent her experience. And if you don't get it, well, this is standpoint epistemology. You're not supposed to get it, whatever. But the problem with that is, despite saying all that, like George Lucas made his thing to be as universal as possible, and everyone who saw it, whether they were black, Latino, gay, straight, short, tall, 
loved it and it became a billion dollar franchise. They make their things with this idea of being as exclusionary as possible, whatever. But, and then they say it's not made for you if you complain about it. But then when you say, okay, well, if it's not made for me, then I'll, I'll listen to you and not watch it. Then they get mad at you when the thing flops. And now, I mean, and well, now the, thing is, the thing is, it's a comic book, right? It's a, it's a, it's a comic book show, right? It should, it should be yeah. universal. Like, everyone should be able to, like, enjoy something, like, like from it, right? Every show needs to be relatable and be made for you for you to, like, enjoy a good storytelling. That doesn't make sense. Well, I mean, it depends on what you want as results, too. Like, if you want to have a niche comic book, like, there's some comic books that are... You know, it may be like a punk rock comic book for like you know people yeah, like punk I get rock that. The genres, but like yeah, 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 yeah. But those people things, know right? those people don't get mad when the comic sells like six thousand copies because that's what they went into it for. They wanted to do a small indie comic. These people want to do, which I find very weird. Uh, they want to take the mantle of things that university loved and are huge, but write things just for themselves. But they think somehow they're obligated to hold that broad audience hostage. So it's like, okay, George Lucas, you created this universal audience. Uh, thanks. Now I'm going to take it and force them to listen to my very narrow story, and I'm going to force them to pay attention attention to me. I'm going to write about myself. And when the people who came into it because they want a universal story were like, well, this is not what we got into Star Wars or Marvel Comics 4, now they get mad. They get like, you know... Even though they themselves spent all the time mocking the exact people who didn't think they are entitled to um, money for it. So if She-Hulk gets canceled and doesn't get episode two, we're going to hear all these lectures about how uh, we were supposed to watch it. Even though before then they were telling us, uh, shut up, it's not for you. And laughing at the fact that, you know, we didn't like it. Yeah, um, that's basically what I have to say. Um, if you don't have anything else to say, I'll just go to um, Kartik, but thanks for uh, joining us. Okay, cool. Take care. Hey, how's it going, man? What's up, Trevor Q? Uh, I think it's like the third or fourth time we've talked about She-Hulk, and, and I'm not sure how I forgot to say this earlier, but I, I know like the um, pretty much like the premise of the show is that we're supposed to feel bad for her, um, and that, and like you know, she has bad like luck or whatever. But I don't know why. Uh, uh, because thinking about, because I think you called her a narcissist earlier today, and I'm not sure why uh, anyone is supposed to feel bad for her. Because I wrote down some reasons about how she's horrible, and so we're supposed to feel bad for her even though she has a great job, and but it, it it doesn't even seem like she's working that hard, and she doesn't really even deserve it because she got her job on a fluke because her cousin's the Hulk. And she's, and she's supposed to be a, a better Hulk than Bruce Banner. And also, like, guys think she's super hot. And she has a great place in Los Angeles, even though it's super expensive. And she has great friends to the point where her friends are pretty much lackeys. They, they do anything she asks. And she's in great shape, uh, well, even though she, well, she never works out. Well, 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 let me ask you this. Are they her friends? Because I was thinking she doesn't have well, any friends. Well, they're supposed she, to be she, her friends. She, she has, like, that's yeah, their yeah. role. You're right. They, they're, they're really lackeys, which I think is a very Yeah, they're just sycophants. Yeah, but 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 you know that's what narcissists have. Uh, uh, narcissism experts call narcissists pseudo friends. They call them flying monkeys, like what uh, the witch in the Wizard of Oz has, and that's what she has. She has flying monkeys. Uh, Pug and Nikki and those people are not her friends. They're 
her flying monkeys. To be honest, I could never even remember uh, 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 the people's names except Hulk and She-Hulk. Like Bruce Banner and uh, Jen Walter. Like yeah. Everybody else's name was like super forgettable. Yeah, same here. I mean, if I wasn't like, you know, reviewing these things for YouTube and stuff like that, so therefore I'm like reading uh Oh, you have a channel on subtitles. YouTube? Oh, yeah, I should actually promote it. I keep forgetting to do that, and I said I was going to do it Is today, it called so... uh, Media Masochists? Uh, no, it's uh, Champagne Sharks. You go to YouTube.com forward slash Champagne Sharks. Everybody who's in here who has a YouTube channel, uh, take a second to subscribe to it. Yeah. Um, okay. Come on, man. Yeah, so, <laughs> this is why the right wing is better at marketing than us. Oh, no, 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 totally. I, I You know who the better best that it is? Oh, no, I'm telling you. Uh, you know who's really polished at is, is Brianna Joy Gray. Like, like, she's really good at it. And I always tell her I'm going to get better like you, and I suck. But, yeah, so um, YouTube.com forward slash Champagne Sharks or just – Enter Champagne Sharks and the channel will come up. Okay. Everybody should. I, I got it. Yeah, everyone should multitask and follow it like right now. I should see the numbers zoom up as we talk in real time. But yeah, I'm um, oh, sorry. Go on. Yeah, so what I was saying was so she's in great shape, even though she never has to work out because of her body. And, she, and now she has a great boyfriend because of Daredevil. And people, and she has really great sex, it seems. And people, because like people love superheroes in this world, they really like her. And we're supposed to feel bad for her because she's bullied or whatever online, just online. But she's even barely bullied, and she didn't even know she was being bullied until like episode seven or episode eight. And honestly, like kids in high school get like bullied way more, and it's way worse for some random like kid in high school, guy or girl, because like that kind of bullying is on like in person, you know, where they can't like escape school or whatever. And like, because it's just online on like a Twitter or like like platform similar to Reddit. Like, and like, her bullying she, she, she was so, can just like super like e- easily block her, you know. And the last thing I'll say is about this so is that lame. Yeah, her I, I agree. Was so lame. Did, did you see what's on the screen? Uh, she's dry humping a guy fully cl- fully clothed for like ten seconds, and her utility bills. <laughs> like, oh my god. Well, uh, it, it, she, it's, she, she they have, have to make the bullying oh family friendly. You know, they have to make it family yeah. friendly style bullying. They can't but, go too far. But what they could have done was. Um, shown like the back of her head or something and then we can imply oh because we already know she had sex so uh sex, yeah. we know sex was had so um and it was apparently sure great sex her... too yeah, yeah exactly make sure to tell us over and over again uh but um i think they didn't want to do it. It, it wasn't about making a family friendly they didn't because this is she because she's an insert for themselves they can't let themselves be embarrassed. No, I'm that saying much. that the uh, uh, harassment, like the uh, bullying, was family friendly. No, no, no. I understand the bullying was family friendly, but what I'm saying is, I don't think they made it family friendly because oh, we had to conform. Oh, I thought you were saying that they're making it family. They had to make it family friendly for Disney. Is that what you're well, saying? No, I'm not... just... Well, okay, a little bit I both, understand. but I'm not saying obviously like like the show is like PG-13 level, but I'm just saying like the, like the harassment types. Like, like what the online bullies actually said, whatever was just felt like kind of family friendly, you know? Because like I feel like it's like yeah, I told, kids in high school, I whether it's in person or online bullying for kids in high school or or uh, middle school, even elementary school, is like way worse. Oh yeah, 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 totally. totally. Then, then whatever I mean, like dumb words, like just a bunch of incels online said to. And like lastly, is like so. Oh, sorry, you can go. I can't interrupt. Oh no, I, no. I, I was gonna say I think these people are too fragile to even let a fictional version of themselves have any real um humili- humiliation so they couldn't help but even in what's supposed to be the most damaging 
time of her life that pushes her over the edge. They can't have anything really bad happen to her. Like, like so, just a bunch of innocuous text, utility bills, a screen cap of Captain America's uh, fully clothed butt because you know she thinks he has a nice butt, and like you said, some 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 PG sex, and it's like have some vulnerability as a if you're gonna do a self insert, at least at least be willing to go somewhere with it. And if you can't be vulnerable, then write a third person character and don't do a self insert then. I'm sorry. Before. Yeah. And like in the first half of the show, like the first four or five episodes, we're also supposed to feel bad for her because like she can't find a guy that she likes. But think about it. Like if this was the opposite, like if, if the show was about just Hulk, like Hulk couldn't find a girlfriend or whatever, like, the, like, like we, we're, we would all supposed to be calling like him an incel. So what she is is just like a, a female incel pretty much. And like, we're supposed to feel bad that she can't get sex or whatever in the first half of the show, at least it's, it's ridiculous. If this or, was about a guy, like, like, we would all be calling him a narcissist. Oh, oh yeah. Or, or, or she can't get, um, she can't get, um, a, a relationship. Like, 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 like she can't get sex or she can get, or she can get sex, but she can't get a relationship. And it's like, just like a guy who's has a relationship with a woman, you know, as a friendship, isn't entitled to um, have have sex with her un- unless you promised him like sex or something, and then like you know yeah uh, uh, um, um um a woman a, no one's a, entitled a woman to who sex sleeps with a guy yeah no one's entitled to sex but similarly a that woman, would be called rape if somebody guy, was entitled yeah yeah but like like a, a woman who sleeps with a guy but he never promised her a relationship um you know, is not entitled to a relationship. Like, like, like the same way the guy is not entitled to um, sex if he's on friend zone. If she's like, you know, if she's jump zone, like, like, like she's stuck in the, in a jump off zone. Like she's not, she's not entitled to the man in relationship um, um, either. Like it's, it's, but I don't think that type of, um, I think the writing is just too entitled to, well, first of all, this writing is totally unable to see anyone else's point of view, but, people who the writer thinks of as a stand for herself because no one is really empathetic in in this except people that you know mirror the writers every single person is a horrible person um honestly like the only buddy here that's uh, has any empathy is uh abomination blonsky he's like the only that has like some level even though kind of seems fake to be honest but it's like the closest thing to empathy in the show yeah, closing to empathy, but but even he ends up being like like a untrustable um, hypocrite. I mean, yeah, her her her, her, uh, um, her her cousin is is great. I mean, think about it. He gives up. Like, oh yeah, um, tries to give a month of his li- he he tries to give up a month of his life to um, share all his lessons, right? Um, from yeah, being Hulk. the Hulk, and she's like, "I'm too good to be helped by you." you yeah, know, fuck the same you, way, man. Yeah, the same, and that's written by Jessica Gao. The same Jessica Gao who. Uh, gives interviews talking about how she bullies Kevin Feige. Like she badmouthed Kevin Feige, quote unquote, jokingly, so much in the press. She told a story about. Really, I've during, never even heard of this. Y- 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 uh, she did. A, she gave an interview uh, bragging about how she bullies um, Kevin Feige in the writers' room and everything, and he's like an adorable little like lap dog. And then when you see the finale, I was like, oh shit! She actually wrote this kind of. I bully him thing into the into the freaking plot. Like this guy wow. lets you pitch over that and sucks. over. She had terrible pitch ideas. Yeah, but the yeah, way if, she kind of describes relationship with Kevin Kevin Feige is the same way that Jen was treating the Hulk. 
Like, she's dependent on him. She owes him for what she has, but she still resents him and treats him like like um, crap. And just like uh, all Bruce Banner tried to do in that first episode was do nothing but help her and share lessons. Um, Kevin Feige was doing um, nothing to me but trying to help her. I mean, she's a terrible writer. If she realized how bad a writer she was, um, I was going to say she would appreciate Kevin Feige more, but I should take it back. She'd actually resent him more probably because then – well, the level of the level of dependency would actually become even more apparent to her, and then she'd get even more hostile. Well, about all those stories in the press about her bullying Kevin Feige, you just think about it. If those stories were about like some guy, especially like a guy like uh, uh, Z- Zack Snyder, like the reaction of the press would be the total opposite. Like the people would be calling oh, oh, her bully or whatever. So it's a whole double. She thing. also she also said that she um, got. She tried to get made, you know, for, for the uh, Comic-Con or whatever, when they were announced as She-Hulk, they have to bring, you know, the people on the screen when they have those, like, like Comic-Con events, you know, when Marvel has the panels, and then they um, bring out different people at, at the conventions. So the, when they announced She-Hulk, she was trying to get custom-made um, a jacket where the back says, uh, Kevin sucks, or Kevin Feige sucks. For the, for Wait, the the, the, this out. was the producer, uh, Jessica Gao? Uh, no, no, Jessica Gao, the head writer. Um, so for her debut, she was going to come out with the jacket that's, that's a, Kevin, a Kevin Feige sucks uh, jacket. So then She wanted she to wear a to jacket audience, saying that? Really? Yeah, yeah. She, she was saying this in the press. Like it was a cute story because I've been reading a lot of her interviews. And then, oh, so then okay. when they brought her out, she would turn around and point to um, the jacket. I'm like, why would you wear a jacket like that? And the event the where this guy is bringing you, bringing you out, like that's like your benefactor, like, and it's very weird. Like she resents him the same way um, Jen resents Bruce for doing nothing but trying to help her. It's real, the weirdest thing. Even this episode, no, yeah, because and Jen like Bruce, doesn't she, deserve she like anything in the phone. show. What was that? No, and she also like doesn't like I said earlier right now, but she does, she doesn't deserve any like everything good happens to her like it is totally unearned for her, or it's because like uh, Bruce did it for her on purpose or, or on accident, or it's because or it's because Kevin did it for her in that room. Kevin Fe- Kevin Feige. Um, oh yeah, every, well, everything... speaking about that uh, that Kevin yeah. bot, um, but the end the there there was no ending like the, 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 there was an end, but there was no ending. It was horrible. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it was, it was, it was horrible, but it's like, um, I had a point I was trying to make before, um, even, even the, um, the phone, right, um, in episode 10, she still has Bruce in her phone as Smug Hulk, because she thinks the joke is, because Jessica Gow still thinks the joke is so funny, even though, um, oh, I, I I didn't even notice that, or maybe I saw it, but I forgot because this show, every episode is so forgetful. Like besides oh, yeah. the last episode with Daredevil, like I really can't remember what happened in any of the previous ones. Bruce is in her phone in episode ten, still as Smug Hulk, because all these episodes are written at once. She wasn't able to see in real time, you know, the reaction to the first episode, and everyone hates how she treated Bruce Banner in the first episode. So oh, okay. she wow. probably thought in her head. Man, I bet that that episode one Smug Hulk joke really killed. So I'm gonna do a callback to it in this one. So it's like, okay, there's no growth in episode ten. She still has Smug Hulk on the phone, even though she's the actual Smug one. But let's think about this, right? 
The Hulk told her there's in episode one, and this is what it is. They're such bad writers. Even when trying to load the deck against their enemies, they still load the deck against themselves better. And, and, I, and I'll explain what I mean. Uh, Bruce Banner says to her, uh, the, you need to listen to me and learn how to get your, um, you know, take this seriously. Because once people see you as a monster, that's the worst thing that can happen. And you can't take that back. What happens in the second to last episode? She loses her cool. Everyone sees her as a monster. And um, she can't take that back. And now she's living with her parents. So Bruce was right. Bruce says, you have to learn to control your anger. She's like, I control my anger infinitely better than you. What happens after just seeing some PG bullying? She flips out and almost destroys the building. So he was right about that. So I'm like, even when you're trying to, you guys are such bad writers and are so unself-aware. Even when you're trying to write a script where you win and the other guy is bad, you actually make the other guy right. And so it's like, why? Yeah, and the premise of the show. Hold on, hold on. Let's finish the point real quick. That could have been a great time to show some vulnerability and to show some kind of humility and growth where she's like, oh my God, I owe Bruce an apology. Everything he said is right, but I'm going to incorporate everything he said and come out the other side better. And then she comes out, but that, that, that's not allowed to happen because she can't let anyone be right but her. So she never admits that he's right. It's never acknowledged that he's right. Uh, if anything, up until the end, she asked Kevin, yeah, and I can't have Bruce come in and save me in my show. Like, she still thinks she's, uh, she's still annoyed at the fact of anyone getting shined by her, including Bruce. Like, not only does she not have any appreciation for Bruce being right, she still uh, is jealous and resentful of him taking her, taking her shine. And she's just declared to be a hero at the end, but there's no actual earning of it. And that, yeah, that's all I was going to say. Please finish your point. Yeah, well, like the from the beginning of the show, it's kind of like we're supposed to expect that or think that she's just a better person or better all just because she's a woman. Because that's that's how the first episode starts, and I think like that's like I, I think that's like one of the worst part of identity politics. Because I I thought like feminism and equality actually meant equality, you know, not just meant that like women are supposed to be magically better just because they're women and they're doing the same thing. guys. That makes no sense. Uh, I don't think it's because. She's a woman. I think it's because she's a specific woman herself. Like, like I think it's because she's Jessica Gow. Um, the reason I say that is because oh, well, I'm talking about like Sheehoff, the character. No, no, no. I know what you like mean. Like how the still, first episode starts. No, no. I know what you mean. But the reason why I disagree with that is um, this show doesn't like women. This show hates women too. Every woman looks bad in this. T- any every uh, pretty women. The show hates pretty women. Women that men just generally like are kind of portrayed as horrible. Like, like the type of woman that um, men typically like are portrayed as awful women. Like, like, like the woman who's getting married when she's not getting married is is um, presented as like some shallow. Um, Our friend. Girl. Yeah, 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 and and you know, like those are the girls who get men, like you know, fake girls. Titania is like a, he's like you know, a naturally like a tall and hot woman. She's just a brainless um, mean girl influencer. Uh, basically, the only woman that is treated nice besides Jen is the one that's her sycophant. Uh, the, the, so, so, the, so yeah, her posse. So, so, so this is what I mean when I say like I don't really like to call identity politics. I think they use identity politics to hide narcissism because they use the language of women 
to kind of smuggle, you know, their own narcissism in. But I don't really see any actual love for womankind in in this thing. This thing is very jealous and like like, like Madison, the you know conventionally pr pretty girl, is just like a drunk party girl who's stupid, you know. Um, oh yeah, the, though, the Wong's friend. Yeah, yeah, Wong's friend. That's that's how you see pretty girls, like just. Uh, Stupid, stupid airheads. Um, yeah, everyone's a stupid airhead, a mean girl, catty, um, to two faced. Yeah, so, or, or, or the other lawyer, the black woman is kind of like a ball busting bitch, um, who belittles her a lot, even though she's kind of on her side. Like, there's not really the only positive people are people that feed her, feed her ego, female or, or male, and never, never challenge her. Yeah, and so, if you so, think about yeah. it, like, the show is, at least the ending is, the ending is, actually, like, just to make it to actual political, not just identity politics, the show is actually very, like, anti-worker, because at the end, uh, the Kevin guy or whatever, the AI, he's just laughing at the fact that, oh, it's cost too much or whatever to, to, like, have better CGI or something, but the reason why they're having those problems now is because they're, like, they're overworking and, and underpaying all, all their VFX artists. It's ridiculous. Yeah, totally. And I think they wrote this. Did you episode. realize that? Because mm -hmm. that's, that's, well, I got super mad when, when I saw that and, and the ending with the AI. Yeah, yeah. I think they wrote that episode um, before the uh, article came out and went public. And I'm very surprised they didn't like try to edit that out or anything. I don't know if it was too late to or what, but that was a whole. Yeah, this is yeah, oh, I'm sorry. Um, and, and this is one of the few times where their comedy isn't funny because it's true. Because it is true that they're like overworking and like making them work like, I don't know, 14, 16, 18, 20 hours a day at certain times. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. And, and, it's, and it's... getting like super low on contracts because Disney has so much leverage because they have like, like, like unlimited projects at this point because they're just putting money. I mean, I feel like eventually, uh, intentionally or not, the VFX artists won because the VFX was so bad on this one. Probably wonders if they, they were doing a bad job on purpose, like quiet quitting. This this was the quiet quitting of CGI Maybe. VFX because this was there's nobody were doing it on so. this one. Yeah, I feel like it's very passive. Yeah, and I hear because because I have a friend who is a VFX artist, and my friend that a lot of these VFX artists because they're not union, they're just contract workers. So, so they're kind of seen as very uh, 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 d d disposable by the people in charge. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so, Karthik, I'm going to keep it moving because people have been waiting yeah. so patiently. So, Good yeah. talk, man. Good, good talk, man. Uh, your deal is over. We can talk about something else going forward. Have to take, take care. Um, so Q has disappeared, but he was quiet for a while, so I think he fell asleep. Um, hey, hey, Hirotu, how's it hap how's it hanging? Did you uh, see this wonderful show over in uh, Japan? No, uh, man, I watched, I think, the first two eps, then I, I, I tapped out. It, it submitted me, man. It got me in, oh, a, in a rear naked joke. You are you are you are a baby. You have not been uh, hazed. You have not <laughs> properly uh, gone through gone through the hazing. Oh my god, yeah, man! I, I I experienced it through through you on on, on YouTube, um, through the Discord. So yeah, if anybody hasn't uh, joined the Discord, Champagne Sharks Discord, join it. It's awesome. Um, and uh, an angry Joe. <laughs> right, oh yeah. yeah. God, God bless those guys, man. 
but but that guy, that guy tried to be tried to be too fair in the beginning. <laughs> he still he won't did. fully admit that he was wrong. That it was. <laughs> yeah, he should just say it wasn't so bad in the beginning. Oh man! By the end, man, he he had a, he had a full character arc, man. Like he he had, he had more <laughs> development than than in, in his life in our show. He oh had the five God. stages of he had the five stages of grief in in, in his uh, series of reviewing that thing. Like you know, he started out in denial, yeah. he started bargaining, and yeah, he was a full acceptance of this show. It's so true. But fuck it, fuck it, sucks. And, and, oh man! But, but he said today, he goes, yeah, you know. Uh, <laughs> A lot of people were right in the beginning. I mean, they were right for the wrong reasons. It's like no, the, no, don't don't hedge your apology. Like no, yeah. they were right. You just didn't want to be a misogynist or whatever, and then didn't yeah, be yeah, he got guy. a business to run. He got a, he got his business. You know, I can't. Yeah, yeah. But I, but I I do got to give him some some leeway because he was also reviewing the other trash show, uh, that Lord of, uh, that Lord of the Rings show too. So that show got all of his hate. So I think that's what might have been that might have offset him a little bit too because he. He has nothing but but ire for that other show as well. Yeah, you know, you know, it's yeah. kind of weird. The Lord of the Rings one is more is way more boring, but this one is mm. so batshit bad that it's actually kind of fun to watch. I, I won't lie because yeah. you have no idea what's like, okay, like like Lord of the Rings is very boring, but I could see the people having some kind of training or something. They're just boring. You know what I mean? They have no <clears> experience, <throat> but these people who do She Hulk. I can't even see them being human beings, much less writers. Like, forget about whether they can write. Like, I'm okay. How do you balance a checkbook? How do you do your groceries? Like, I don't understand how yeah. someone who produces the show can live by themselves, unassisted. Like, they don't. you know, they don't. How, man. how did you manage Hollywood? Like, like you gotta have people skills to have such a competitive. Like, you don't, you don't have skill skills, but based on the moral compass you display in writing this show, I can't imagine you having people skills either. So I mean, is Hollywood just so full of sociopaths that like you you are somehow are actually well equipped? Like like what kind of world can Hollywood be where you have the personality needed to um, compensate for lack of skills? Because yeah, I just oh I don't know. It's I just because they, they don't yeah, go they they don't have to like uh, they don't I don't know man I'm just I'm talking on my ass man but I don't think that they have to really do anything because. There's so much money floating around that, like, yeah, they can't fuck up. You know what I mean? Like, there's like uh, there's so much money floating around, but there's also so much demand for content. So it's like you can't get your. Mm-hmm. W- w- there's so much more content now than there used to be, just in general, not just Disney, but in in, in the world that you know. I guess mm-hmm. it's a it's a seller's market as far as sellers of talent. Like, they just there's not enough great uh, David Chase type you know showrunners out there to do stuff you know mm-hmm. yeah i think it's like I, I think like a similar thing would be you know let's you know i'm not saying that you know this job doesn't take skill it does take skill to be a good writer as we see but like let's say you're a designer right you're a graphic designer right like that's your job but like you want to like these shill graphic designers like you're not you're not like changing the industry or anything but you know you know how to use the tools you know the best, like some best practices. You you know you just you, but you kind of suck. But you just getting paid to like you know oh we we need a you know a design for something and you do it. and I think that's what their job is. They just kind of write shit and and they have these like stands that are trying to get into the industry. It's like like, yeah, you know, it's, yeah. like it's like fucking Amway, bro. It's like Amway. Like they, no 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 you know, no. It's, like, it's true. <laughs> 
their fans aren't <coughs> actually fans of their craft. Their fans are fans of their career arc. And their fans support mm-hmm. them because they're like, your, your hackiness and lack of talent is about the level of my lack of talent. So you winning mm-hmm. gives me hope that I'm going to win. So they get they got a chance. These, yeah, so they get these fans who love them in the career, and not because, oh, my God. Like, like, like people who are fans of Alan Moore. It's like, oh, my God, I'm seeing greatness. Like, this is like the Michael mm-hmm. Jordan of comic writing. Like, yeah. uh, I can never do this, but to be able to witness this level of human achievement, you know, like, mm-hmm. I'm so non-narcissistic that I'm okay not being the star of the show. I'm okay watching someone else be great and just being inspired mm-hmm. by it. Cause at least I'll get to see this greatness before I die. But if you're narcissistic, seeing other people be greater than you can ever be, it like, depresses you. You actually want to tear that down, but yep. seeing other like hacks makes you feel good. And I think that's the kind of fan that Marvel has now. Just people who dream of who get inspired by hackery and dream of, um, you know, getting like like they think of talent as almost like um ableism you know people talk about ableism and it's like oh it's ableist to expect people to do this and that i think we're gonna reach a point where talent is gonna become ableism like people are gonna be like it's it's ableist to expect uh people to be talented you're gatekeeping uh my, my lack of talent is, is, is super treated like a disability and but but then again that won't happen because they'll have to have enough humility to admit that they're not um They'll have that idea, but they just call talent something else. Uh, they won't. They won't use the word talent, but uh, they'll make that argument indirectly. I think is what's going to happen. But let me play you something uh, real quick because I was so curious about what kind of person writes a show like this. I started listening to her interviews and and listening to her podcast. And she had a podcast with Dan Harmon, co-creator of. Um, Rick and Morty also created community and she worked on Rick and Morty and, and she got hired on Rick and Morty because uh, they got pressure to have a female writer and she was one of the ones they hired and he made a podcast with her that was just all about race and writing and creating diversity in um, the writer's room and you know like basically him as a white guy was trying to learn about you know being less of a white guy and a better ally. And she was kind of being like his, his conscience and, and whatever, and telling him about his privilege and all this stuff. And even in this podcast, she was still talking about trolls. Like this also, all someone thinks about is trolls. The 2017 is all she, you know, and, uh, and how um, people didn't like her writing on Rick and Morty. And there's the same complaints that she created a self insert, uh, this Asian therapist who just totally owns, uh, the main character, uh, Rick, who was never owned. So she created an Asian uh, female therapist who is the first and only person to ever totally, like, you know, verbally own Rick and have his and have his number and and everything. And she talks about being called out by it, but anybody who calls her out on anything is a is a troll. So this this is a clip. Let me see if I can make it make it work. Um Tell me if you can hear this. Well, let's, let's bring it back to race, okay. um, because a really popular topic of conversation amongst the, the commenters about Pickle Rick 
is that I uh, so clearly inserted myself into the episode by making Dr. Wong an Asian woman and making her be the one to kind of put Rick in his place. So obviously this is an ego trip on my behalf because Dr. Wong is me. Right, okay. Which is really interesting to me because, uh, you know, Dr. Wong is a conscious choice. Like, I wanted to... I made her an Asian woman because I wanted to give an Asian actor a role and I wanted Rick and Morty to have an Asian character for, for once. And uh, And I think it's really funny because... You know, I mean, they don't say that about literally any white guy who writes for the show who writes a white guy character. Mm-hmm. So, so she she's saying she basically saying, um, you know, it's they never say that about um, white writers who write, you know, a white guy character on on the show. But I mean, maybe the white guy writer didn't do a self insert. But I don't think it's true to never say that about white guys because people accuse like white people of. Um, writing poorly veiled self-inserts all the time. But she never actually defends um, the claim. But um, hold on. One one more. Hold on. This is a follow-up clip. They don't say that about literally any white guy who writes for the show who writes a white guy character. Mm-hmm. You know? And uh, if I were a white guy and Dr. And Dr. Wong was a white guy, if it was Dr. Johnson... Like, no one would ever think that I was inserting myself in, you know? Nobody thinks that you're inserting yourself in to, like, any of any number of incidental white guy characters. And it's only because, you know, I'm an Asian woman, and I, there is an Asian woman. I mean, I mean, but it also goes to show how few Asian female characters there are out in TV, in the TV world, that that's the kind of attention it draws. Yeah, well, what if you were to go back in time to season... So, 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 so basically... The same thing she's being criticized yep. for five years later, she was being criticized for back then on a totally different show, but her only answer to everything is, is trolls, is racist, is this and that. And the excuse of, well, if I was a white guy, I'd be able to get away with it, which, you know, first of all, even if that's true, like, what are you, a child? Like, like yeah. two rights make, make, make a wrong, I you know? know? Like, so, so, so you don't have any calling to, you don't have any duty to get better. Uh, all you have to yeah. do is just be as mediocre as a, as a white guy, but also I don't think it's true that um, white guys never get called out for doing stuff. So- like Ready Player One was like one of, one of the most called out things for just being uh, basically a, a wet dream of a white guy, uh, whatever. But it just drove me n- nuts that I'm like, okay, this woman has a total refusal to learn from any type of constructive criticism. And look but at she, Jen in the show. But she white the same thing. She just a white girl hmm? though. She just a white girl. That looks Asian. Oh, oh no, no, no. That's, that, and that's what like really bothers me about about like this whole thing. What she's saying, it's like, what oh, what exactly is Asian? We see, to her? We, we, we see she's a white girl. You're saying she's basically a Karen of color, like like, like she's, she's a, Asian. Yeah, yeah. yeah what exactly makes her? Whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Yo, no, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 true. Like like she it's basically insulting. moves. She moves in the world like a white girl because I mean, look at look at She Hulk. What was She-Hulk's ultimate move? Her ultimate move? She talked to the manager. She's Karen Hulk. She she talked to the manager of Marvel. That was that was her big way to win the day. She didn't uh, earn anything. She didn't struggle. Yeah. She didn't and, sacrifice. And she didn't no, do anything. There's no she Asian just, empowerment. She just went. There was no Asian Asian like I, I know maybe there was in the show, but I, I you know never heard. No. But there was no Asian empowerment. There was nobody that was of Chinese heritage. That was of Filipino heritage. That was of Korean heritage. Like so, this whole Asian mm-hmm. thing, 
you know, I don't know. I'm, because I live in Japan, I just take mad offense to it because it's like, I'm not Japanese, but I, you know, there's Asian people out in the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I mean, Asian is just a checkbox you can use to get um, hired and have leverage over white guys, I, I think, because she moves in the world like a white woman to me. I mean, basically, like I said, She-Hulk's big move was just to talk to a manager, and, and that, that was it. Uh, and she saved the day by talking to the super manager and, 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 and berating him and getting her story, like, like uh, her story re rewritten um, and handed to her on a, on a plate. And, and that's just like, kind of, it's just amazing to me that this woman just will not learn anything because she just has this insane sense of entitlement. That, and she like spent five years talking about trolls and, and the same, the same way, like she can't take any, any lessons from all the same things that they're criticizing her about in 2017, this podcast, she was doing in spades in 2022 on this, on this show. But just like Jennifer in the show can't take instruction from, um, the Hulk. And just like, um, she in her job as a writer for Marvel, is very resentful of taking any notes or lessons from Kevin Feige. Um, Isn't that called like you know, solipsism or something like that too? Like another philosophical term? Yeah, solipsism is the only one that exists when when other people are out of sight. It's like they almost like uh, don't exist. Kind of like when you're playing a video game and the NPC is off the screen. Like, like the NPC doesn't have an independent existence off the screen. It just gets out of existence once it's... Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna play one. Uh, I'll more drop out. I think so, this is funny, so right? Geo can, can can swap in, but yeah, man. It's okay, cool, a cool. Always a pleasure. So I'm gonna let Geo up here, but I'm just gonna play one more clip, really, because I think this is very interesting, right? She says she talks about this experience. This is 2000. Uh, I was I was I was uh, a head writer. Uh, and I, uh, and when we were staffing, it was going to end up being all women in the writer's room. And, uh, one of the EPs asked like, maybe like, would it be valuable to have one male perspective in the room? And, you know, I, I just, but I, and I said, look, like every single woman who's ever been in a writer's room has <laughs> a been, male perspective. Has, yeah, has been trained from day one yeah. of watching television to understand how to write from the male's perspective. That's all they've been like trained to do. So no, d didn't need one, you know, because we've all been trained to do it. And also like, I think, you know, I think the male dominant writer's room could take one fucking hit, you know? <laughs> so she, so she was like, I don't want, uh, a guy in the writer's room. I'm a head writer of a show with all women. Don't have don't want to have one guy because all women know how to write men from watching TV and from being in male dominated writer's rooms. And I think men can live without being in the, in the writer's room for once, which is fine. I have no problem with her not having a man in the writer's room. That's totally her right. Uh, but, if you're going to say that, then you better actually be good at writing men. And this is a conversation of men in, in She-Hulk. This is five years later. That, that was, that's from 2017. Um, and this is her writing in 2022. This is a room of men. These are the, these are the, the men that, that hate She-Hulk who are stand-ins for 
the trolls, the kind of trolls that she um, was, was complaining about in the earlier clips, the kind would tell her that she writes self-inserts um, and she doesn't want to listen to them. So, so this is how she writes men. I think this this volume might be pretty low. I don't know if people can hear it. Females, am I right? Mother Todd Phelps? Of course you're one of us. So, so basically, uh, this guy is going undercover in the men's rights meeting, and he's saying stuff like, females, am I right? And all the other guys are like, yeah, you know, all these bitches like nepotism. And, like, this is written like um, cartoons, and this guy is trying to fit in with the men by acting toxically uh, masculine. Um, hope, I'll play a little more. Let me know if you can hear it. If not, I'll just stop playing it. So happy. This guy rules, all right? You heard from me first. He rules, and he's hot. Uh, all right? And let's be honest, okay? She is smart as him. No! She is strong as him. Is she as Hold on a second. Is she as strong as him? Is she as smart as him? No! She wouldn't even have her powers without him. So, so, so they're basically saying that She-Hulk is a product of nepotism. She's not as strong as a Hulk. She wouldn't have his powers um, without him. So so why do we have to act like She-Hulk earned everything? And this this is basically, I think, her talking about how people talk about her career or whatever. But um, long story short, I'm not, not going to keep playing it because I think this, the volume is too low on it. It's not going to work. But basically, she can't write men like at all. She's insane if she thinks this sounds like real men. This just sounds like a caricature of what she hears when she um, hears here's trolls so it kind of is crazy to me that she thinks she doesn't need the helper perspective of another man because she has it uh covered and again that's exactly like jennifer walters in the first episode she becomes a hulk and in five minutes she's supposed to get it and she doesn't need any help from bruce banner um just a guy doesn't need any instruction from um kevin feige uh she hulk the character doesn't need any input from Kevin the robot and it just makes the character unlikable but it also kind of reveals to me like uh, the writers is kind of um, unlikable but yeah that's the last thing I'm going to say I'll let Gio uh, finish it I hope that the clip I just played wasn't too much of a waste of time and people could hear um, some of it but I think regardless I'm sure you guys got the point feel free to unmute Gio Oh, also, I'll go say one more thing. Um, I'm going to do an actual, like, uh, video essay about this show. It's going to have, like, clips and it actually be like, real produced, not a um, live stream. So uh, subscribe on YouTube.com forward slash Champagne Sharks. And then we're going to get into, like, the actual problems with the plot in detail. And and it'll be pretty funny, but it'll have a lot of um, arguments that, you know, we didn't get into in this one. But yeah, uh, Gio, if you're um, able to unmute, feel free to unmute. Going once. Bueller. Bueller. 
Okay, maybe Gio fell asleep. All right, so yeah, if that's it, if Gio's not going to unmute, then I think it's a good place to um, end it. Uh, someone said, <laughs> quiet, Anthony Omean. No, I think he's falling asleep. He's falling asleep on this. Uh, he's a really busy guy. He's falling asleep on this podcast twice in the past. Uh, so I think it happened, happened again. So it happens. All right, guys. Um, thanks for hanging in there. In a strange way, I'm going to miss this show because this show uh, was educational in all the wrong ways. Yeah, someone said they saw Q, Q in that before. Yeah, it's 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 happened. It's happened. I think he fell out again. Yeah, so that's that's the, that's the third time. But yeah, yeah. Thanks, thanks everybody for joining. Follow on YouTube again, youtube.com forward slash Champagne Sharks. Support us at patreon.com forward slash Champagne Sharks if you want to financially support us and um, help us produce the podcast. Check out the podcast if you haven't listened to it. In general, just go to ChampagneSharks.com. It's got all the links that are not related to media masochist and with that everybody have a good night thanks for joining us on your friday night you could have been anywhere but you chose to be oh wait 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 i see hirotsu there oh hirotsu if you want to come back up you're welcome to come back up yeah uh hold on i'll just make you i'll just make you next hey did you have a final thought yeah yeah i just wanted to say but let's talk about like the writer's room and getting more women or whatever you know, like, <clears throat> I wish I could just, I don't know, just talk with these people, be in a room with them, be like, well, why not just have non-writers in the writing room? If, like, if all the writers are so problematic, then, like, just get some random people off the street then. Like, what 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 is the the gold standard? Like, what's the yardstick? And I think that's always the weirdest thing because, as we can see with the She-Hulk and how this particular woman t- talks about herself, everything is superficial, Everything is how people look, you know, there's, there's no, 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 everything is just, you know, um, it's very high school, man. It's very, very mundane. And, and, and everything exists to mirror her and narcissistic people. Um, did you leave on purpose? Um, or was that an accident? I don't know. I, I didn't kick you out. So if you fell out by, by accident, it wasn't because of me. So if you want to come back up, feel free. But, um, narcissists use people as mirrors for themselves, but, not mirrors of the true selves like what what narcissists want in people is not like friendship or connection narcissists use people as mirrors but what they want the people to mirror back to them is not them as they actually are or them as they um fear themselves to be but uh they want their false idealized self mirrored back to them like like that's the narcissist's supply and if the mirror reflects the wrong reflection back. They have no um, interest in it. And I think that's kind of the problem. I think whether the person that was brought into the room was a writer or a non-writer, if that person is not going to, and they all use each other in the same way. Like I got feeling that room is just a senior narcissist and a junior narcissist. And they all just kind of mirror each other back at each other. Like one thing that doesn't get discussed enough with, um, the new world crowd, they're known for being very nasty and canceling people and whatever. But I think the under-discussed part of them, like people only talk about the pitchforks and the canceling and the nastiness to the enemy. But I think what doesn't get discussed enough is the toxic positivity. 
if you ever see like um kind of like um blue check new woke types they're always constantly giving each other reach arounds and constantly when they're cool with each other giving them each other the most unearned over-the-top praise everything's like you know amazing 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 they they tweet something and it's very mediocre and then there's just like a whole slew of um blue checks like flying in to act like it's the most amazing thing and then the other person does something and and there's such a thing as toxic positivity where it's like you're just flooding each other with narcissistic supply and i think that's her real problem whether the person is a like she probably staffs her all-female staff with a bunch of flying monkeys and uh, she probably fears that you know a guy she gets will not you know fit that role uh, whether a true writer or someone off the street that that's that's my thought that if, if that answers yeah that that makes yeah that you know that makes sense man it's it's um yeah it's just a big yeah it's just weird man because i just don't know how she was chosen or you know how this particular person made it you know like um because you know you would think it's a dime a dozen so it's really really interesting well I think, ironically, one of the things she writes into the script is the bad guy men constantly accusing her of nepotism. But from what I understand, she wrote on um, she wrote on Robot Chicken, and then she um, got hired on another Adult Swim show, uh, Rick and Morty, because they're being pressured to hire women, and she sent in a, a spec script. But I'm sure that the fact that both shows were like, I think she's kind of telling on herself because a lot of the things that she keeps writing in people accusing her of on the show, it's like nine episodes of just, uh, man, baby men accusing her of stuff that when you research is like, okay, it's kind of true. Like, you know, she, she writes the thing like, Oh, people are going to think I'm just hired because of, um, you know, my biology. You know, she, she helped say that, but then you find out she was, um, hired by Rick and Morty in one of their pushes for, you know, like, you know women. She's like, oh, people think I'm hired for my in the nepotism. And then you find out, okay, you were at Adult Swim, you worked for Robot Chicken, um, you got hired there. Marvel hired about five or six people from Ro Rick and Morty um, this past year. I don't know why, but they keep hiring more and more people for Rick and Morty. A Rick and Morty writer um, wrote Doctor Strange um, 2 and wrote... Um, and wrote Loki, the series, and has now been hired to write um, an Avengers movie. And another uh, Rick and Morty writer, uh, I think they wrote to like uh, six, right? So um, my thought is that, you know, the Pickle Rick episode got a lot of buzz. They hired a bunch of Rick and Morty writers. And then I think one of the Rick and Morty writers probably just um, got her in the door for for this one. And, you know, that was... That was one that. of the writers. So I think somebody get canceled. Was that? Um, I'm not sure. I mean, they've gotten in trouble before. But one of the things they got in trouble for was having an all male writers um room. I don't know if they've been canceled for anything since then. Dan Harmon, the creator of Rick and Morty, was canceled before Rick and Morty for something that happened back when he was doing Community. I think he was um being a harasser to, to a woman, but it happened before it happened before um Me Too when he apologized, so he got kinda kinda lucky. And then I don't really follow much about Rick and Morty because um 
I can't stand the fan base. So I know there's been other controversies, but I don't know what what they are. Um, but but yeah. So I mean, it's, it, it's it's kind of it's kind of ironic that. But the thing is, I think even if you get hired by nepotism, or you get hired because um, you're black or you're a woman or whatever, I don't necessarily think the story is a bad thing if you show up and you have the talent. Like, you know, like that woman, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who did Fleabag, apparently she's like a big-time nepotism case, but um, her work is really good, you know? Um, so it's like, So it's like whatever. And there's some people, there are some great black artists who kind of got hired because there was pressure for diversity, you know, and they still ended up like, you know, um, bringing it when they had to do stuff. So I, I don't always yeah, think yeah. that's necessarily a, a bad thing. I think she's telling but on, I think what they need to do. Sorry, what's that? I think she's telling on herself, right? Cause there is nothing yeah, wrong with, think, with diversity. Well, I, I think it's like almost like a contra contra positive. Like there's nothing wrong with diversity hires because that is a good thing because you're, you know, that's because it's, because it's systemic issues, right. And stuff like that, et cetera. However, <clears throat> you got to bring your a game because no, totally. you know, yeah but she she doesn't want to she knows that she's not talented i think some people think that that talented is is, is a bad word or, or like or, or talented yeah. is not fair so I, i'm I not even always issue. yeah i'm not even always 100 percent against um nepotism the person is talented like you know if you're talented and you use your connections yeah. Like if you're good, you're good. If I had some connections, you see him in sports all the time. Yeah, like, what's his I, name? Like that basketball player and shit. Um, you know, Steph Curry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, like, it's like it's like it, it happens. But um, she spends more time complaining for like five years about, actually seven years about these same, these same accusations and whatever, instead of just getting so good that they can't deny you. Like if you if you spent more time just writing an undeniably good thing. Uh, you wouldn't have to keep bringing up these trolls, but instead you keep self-handicapping and just writing um, thin-skinned responses to the same accusations and taking no personal... Like, how is it five years you're still, you're still getting accused of um, doing self-inserts and not being able to um, write men and, and, and you know, doing, doing Mary Sue's? Like, you know, at some point... It can't be everybody else all the time. At some point, it's got to be. It's got to be yeah, she, you. You know, she's just mean? Fa- she's uh, failing up, and and it, and it bothers her, man. I mean, you know, may, you know, I don't know. May, maybe she's a narcissist or not, but but like, I think this kind of stuff will get to your head. Like, if if yeah. if, if I'm playing basketball and like I'm I'm shooting straight bricks, right, and I'm <laughs> I'm getting my my passes <laughs> stolen, but everybody's like, "Yo, Phil, man, you're the shit, dude." Like, "Yo, yo, I'm yo, yo, I want Phil on my team next week." You're gonna, he's gonna fuck you up in, in in your mind. You know what I mean? So, oh yeah, yeah maybe totally. that's happening to her. It's gonna but make I'll, you lose touch with people came through. Oh so. yeah, no problem. But yeah, it's gonna make you lose touch with reality. And, and I'll say something else. When I say she's a narcissist, I don't know if she's a clinical narcissist. Like, like I don't support diagnosing people, um, you know, with clinical stuff if you don't know. So, so let me make clear. I'm using it like she, she's she's narcissistic. You could be narcissistic without being a clinical narcissist. I'm I, I'm not going to armchair diagnose her as some kind of clinical narcissist, but I think in a um you know in in a loose colloquial way she is um narcissistic, and so is like the rest of the staff who I think is kind of um, junior versions of her. Hey, Chris. Hey, 
Hey, uh, really quick, I just had one point. Um, uh, I saw like Midnight's Edge chat. Like, uh, it's it's funny that like that this stuff is pushing me to to watch that more and more, which is awful. <laughs> but, <laughs> but like, they, they made up a, a, a good video. They had a good video talking about like why these companies keep throwing money at this stuff. And yeah. I was basically saying that like you know, it, basically what you said was that these people like like you talking about the rings of power people and they were saying like you know those people came you know they got the jj abrams backing you know and- yeah yeah i i don't know if you were here last week but i had speculated that i think jj abrams is the connection and then this yes. week an article came out that actually confirmed that i was right that jj abrams is one of the nexuses of um of of hack nepotism in yeah, yeah. well because like you know like it was him like i think he got started no, I forget. He like, he had some connections. No, I'm you know I'm. I know he had some connections. I think he knew Spielberg or something. That the guy said that. Um, I know uh, this is totally off. I know like Jason Blum had like like his like he sent around the kicking and scream screaming uh, uh, script with a letter from Steve Martin from a family friend Steve Martin on it, and that's how he yeah. got his start. But like I know JJ. They said JJ Rand had some connections, but. Um, you know, they were saying, like, you know, at the time when they made the decision for uh, Rings of Power, it was, like, 2017, and J.J. Abrams was still, you know, he was still firing all, all cylinders. <laughs> yeah, I think I think a lot of the shine has, uh, it, it, yeah. it, it took a it took a while, but over a long enough timeline, like, I think every fraud gets ex- exposed, and, he, and, yeah, he was still a hot, a hot property uh, back then. Yeah, and I think what's, what's interesting is they made a, a good point, is that all these people that are picking these things, like all this crap, are all corporations. Like they're all big corporations. Where you know, if they mess up with this, it's offset with something else. You know, so yeah. it's like Disney has tons of other things, and this is just you know they make they lose money on this thing, and it sucks. It's just a loss. You know. Yeah, you know what? I I, I swear these people listen to me sometimes because I said I said the same thing uh, a lot of times that. Uh, we don't have standalone companies for anything anymore. So there's not a real movie studios are not what they used to be because a movie studio now is just one division of the of the conglomerate. Like if if the movie division wasn't profitable, the whole company went over, went under because Paramount Studios was just Paramount Studios. Uh, Columbia Studios was just Columbia. But now um, Columbia is Columbia Sony. It's part of the giant multinational conglomerate Sony. So there's records, there's radios, there's TVs. You know, the movie company is just one department. Like everything now that we look at as a company is really a department in something yeah. in something else. Yeah, and I don't think, unfortunately, like if that's the case, if you know we still have this media consolidation. For these companies, it's not going to get better, you know, or Jessica Gow might get thrown out or she might, you know, be asked to leave, quote unquote, you know, or one, she, or she might want to go spend more time with her family, quote unquote. And then, you know, someone else, uh, someone else will come up and maybe they'll be good or maybe they'll be a hack. But I think what might, what, what might change, I'll tell you what might change. Um, we have been in the unprecedented boom market since 2008. Since 2008, we've just had, I mean, we have people who have spent their whole investing careers, like, like millennials, uh, with buy the dip as their only strategy. Like, it's just been taken so for granted that um, things just grow, money just goes up, real estate just goes higher, and any setback is just a, 
a temporary sale or buying opportunity, you know, um, before the climb resumes. And I think we're headed toward the first real recession or crash since uh, 2008. And I think when that happens, we're seeing signs of it. Like, like Netflix has been laying out people like crazy. Warner Brothers has been laying out people like crazy. AT&T sold Warner Brothers, and now it has to act like a standalone company. There's a Warner Discovery thing. And that guy has to cut $3 billion of debt. Um, and, and they're firing people left and right. I think that we're going to see um, things kind of change and that things are going to get sold off and treated like standalone companies, like what's happening Warner Brothers Discovery. Um, shareholders and board of directors are going to start being like, okay, when there was when we were flowing with money, we didn't really care if one department lost because the other departments were making up for it. But now you gotta um, cut all the non-performers and everything. So I think it depends on the economy. I think if the economy goes down, it might be the only thing that breaks um, this system because people are just, just gonna, gonna stop getting money thrown at them left and right. Yeah, and I think the thing that proves this whole corporate thing is. You know, look at something, look at a place like A24, you know, it's like, they don't have this garbage, you know, they're not producing yep, yep. this garbage out there. Because they eat what they kill. Yeah. So, like, yeah. you know, they're going to sink or swim based on the quality of the work, and they built a reputation to have, you know, I, I don't like every A24, but they built a reputation to have some quality, and they have a brand, they brand it a certain way, and it's, you know, they they, they don't have room for this garbage. Yeah, yeah, they don't have venture capitalists and they don't have another department that's going to offset and be a loss leader and subsidize. They have to live and die by their own profits and and losses. And I think um, that's going to start happening. You start happening with Netflix. And Netflix is a standalone company and, and venture capital money is drying as well. And you're suddenly seeing them uh, cut back on a lot of content and start caring and, and stuff. And I think it's going to start... Um, Spreading eventually, I think it's going to spread even to the multi conglomerate stuff because um, if they see other people cutting back on money and what they spend, they're going to use it as a chance to spend less themselves because now the competition is going down. So I think it's going to trickle up. Uh, and I, I'm hoping the contraction um, ends up shaking loose a lot of um, hacky talent. Like this thing might be the one thing that breaks what was considered an indestructible f franchise, uh, you know, the MCU. And I mean, all Disney has really is um, besides theme parks is the MCU and, and Star Wars. So, I mean, and they screwed up Star Wars. They screwed up, they screwed up Star Wars. So, I mean, Jessica Gao, uh, she's been feeling upwards, but if she blows this up, um, I don't know. I've been wrong before. If she can still fail up after this, um, oh, they can well, I guess we, I, yeah, I, I guess we gotta see how bad the fallout is is from this. Um, I, I'm not sure. It's still kind of well, thing early. is that well, thing is that I don't think there's a financial thing. It's just a reputational hit that they're gonna take. You know? Oh no, 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 no! There is a financial thing. This thing has had the lowest ratings of anything uh, they've done. Yeah, okay. it's it, it's actually uh, the first one to. Um, actually be out of the top 10 in Nielsen ratings. And that's only the early ratings. We haven't seen 
the recent episodes because when it was streaming, you can hide the numbers. Uh, it takes a while to get the numbers, but I think it was getting as low as like a um, hundred thousand, and it started at one point five million for the debut. It's so, probably just because you know it's like the, it's probably all just because we're all a bunch of incels and we all use our collective incel power to get people to not watch. <laughs> so yeah, baby. Uh, I I showed I showed it to my wife uh, the, the finale. She's like, is is, is this a real show? <laughs> she was like, <laughs> she does like a skit. She she was like, um, is is this a a serious like, Marvel show? Because she's seen Marvel movies before, and I was like, no, this is part of the Marvel universe. She's like, really? Is yeah. So I mean, my my, my wife is an incel too. Yeah. But anyway, that's all I yeah. wanted to say. I'll, I'll let Gio come up now. All right. Thanks, all right. Cool. Dude. Cool. No problem, man. Right. Uh, be good. And uh. It, Gio will be the last one, so no one come up after Gio. Hey, Gio, how's it going? So you can you get the final thought. Hey, did you watch Rings of Power? That's my question. Um, I'm going to do a show about it, but I haven't gotten past the first episode. I'm going to tell you the truth. It took me three hours to watch the one-hour episode because I kept falling asleep or, or zoning out or playing on my phone and I would just have to keep rewinding. It was so, it was so boring and I want to do it. You know, because like a lot of people... I see you is like, mm-hmm. like go do laundry and watch the show. Cause it's not really, cause nothing really happens in, in, in the show for you to ever like miss anything important. Like, you could just do, be like doing busy work. You can still watch the show. We, 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 we what I, I've done with it. I guess, I guess my problem, I guess my problem why I want to pay attention is because I would um, miss people's relationships and like the pl- plot oh, wise, it's... plot it's... wise, not much happens. But the first time I watched episode one, I didn't realize who was really, I didn't realize she had a brother that died. Like I just missed it because it was so boring. <laughs> I just spaced out. So, um, yeah, so it's I like mean... nothing happens, but I kind of had to pay a little bit of attention just so I can realize, okay, so that was her brother that died, that blonde guy and things, well, actually, things actually, little things thing like is, that. You can watch. The funny thing is, you can watch it like you like you, like 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 you know you know how how you read like uh, books for like in college where you just like read like the first like page like the summary and like yeah. the, and, and the ending. Yeah. You, you, you can easily do that with this show. Like just watch the first like two episodes, the middle and the end. You got the entire plot. It's really it's really like it's really that like that. It's not that interesting. Yeah, I think I'm gonna have to because I just can't see myself getting through it yeah, while paying undivided attention yeah. it, it's it's too it's too painful it's too painful and it's like um at least she hulk is so bad it becomes interesting but um you know this is the brings to power it wasn't even bad it was at least the episode i saw it, it was just boring uh, it was really boring yeah yeah like not enough happened to even be considered good or bad because it was so busy trying to mystery box everything that yeah, it was beginning like, to have stuff like, happen if you check your DMs, right, I sent you, like, this, it's like, season two is going to be, like, 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 rather, rather, rather Skywalker, like, plot line, like, it's going to be, like, a love story of with good, with his good and evil, so, sort of like, uh, Kylo Ren and Rey, that type of stuff. Yes. Yeah, yeah I totally saw, like, I totally saw that coming, because I saw the beginning of episode two, like, the first five minutes, and I could tell that yeah, person yeah. was going like, to be like, probably Sar- like, Sauron. Sar- like, yeah, Sauron is, is her... It's her secret. It's her like, I guess, um, her boyfriend. I, 
was so obvious that he was going to be Sauron that I was hoping it would be a red herring. Uh, so, so the guy they, they introduced in episode two is really is 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 really that obvious it's, as it seemed. Yes, it is. Yeah, oh God. She, yeah, she. Yeah, she, at the end, she asked. She he asked her. She he asked her to become his queen, of, of letting. That was pretty much like the, that was pretty much the whole series, pretty much. Oh, well, that's a depressing note to end it on. <laughs> end it on that it was actually as obvious as uh, it was projected to be. And, oh well, and, and they took nine episodes to get to what was. Yes, nine episodes. Pretty well for this, like a three hour. Like it should be maybe like a three hour like series, like a like mm. maybe that's pretty much it. Like nine, it was like eight episodes just for all that. Uh, well, well, eventually we're gonna do it, but I'm gonna watch it the way you describe, like just do my laundry yeah, or. Nothing really happens, like because like episode four, like like it was like nothing because nothing actually happens in the show. Like the first like three episodes, they're still in the same place, like they, like they haven't moved at all until so, like. That's that's, four, that's ridiculous. When, yeah, that's episode four when they actually actually travel to like another another setting. I mean, yeah, it's. Yeah, it's, it's all right well uh thank you geo and that's that's it for tonight uh everybody thanks for joining us and we'll do it again soon people um be good take care